This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show, and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. I'm your co-host Jamie, pronouns she, her. And I'm your co-host Spencer, pronouns they, them. And this is Pixel Therapy Pod. We're a bi-weekly interview show bringing you new perspectives on video game culture and current events while centering the relationships queer folks, trans folks, people of color, disabled folks, and other marginalized players have with games. On Pixel Therapy Pod, we believe that video games can serve as tools for understanding ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Find out more on pixeltherapypod.com or follow us on social media at Pixel Therapy Pod. If I could cheat, I would skip to the end. What's the point of narrative in a video game? Now, I mean, there isn't one answer to that question. And it's something that I've been grappling with a lot since I started doing this show. I think that within the last 15 years, there was a shift from the narrative of a video game or the story being just like a small interstitial thing that moved you from place to place to it occupying its own space within a game. A space that, in the eyes of the creators and maybe some of the players, holds equal standing with the moment-to-moment gameplay. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard me use those terms a lot. And they're terms that I've kind of clung to because they help me understand the tension that exists within a lot of the games that I play, both for the show and for my own enjoyment. It's a tension that has been pointed out by many other people and that has been a problem in game design for a very long time. I've mentioned this term before and I've also mentioned how played out it is, but I gotta say it again. Ludo-narrative dissonance. At a certain point in time, game critics realized that there was a problem with storytelling in video games which is that it largely followed the same plot beats that you would see in other formats, like movies, TV, books, etc. And in the context of a video game, it kind of just doesn't work. Ludonarrative Dissonance pointed out a very, very basic way in which it doesn't work, which is that in a game where violence and killing are the main mechanics, it no longer makes sense to have plot beats that revolve around death. Your character is basically a mass murderer. You kill dozens, if not hundreds, of fellow humans. So the suggestion that they would have normal human emotions becomes faintly ridiculous. These characters live in a world of death. If you don't acknowledge that somehow in the plot, your storytelling is going to fall short and will seem especially ridiculous when placed under scrutiny. It's a distinctly modern problem that cropped up once technology and game design progressed to the point where game makers could tell stories with the same 
big budget cinematic panache as their favorite peak TV shows or blockbuster movies. Now, despite this method of storytelling having become the norm in mainstream video games, it's actually garnered a lot of polarizing reactions. In the underground, we've seen whole new genres of games pop up that basically take storytelling in a totally different direction. One where it's not only the main focus of the game, but it's also basically the only thing powering the game. You know, games like modern indie visual novels or walking simulators are essentially just vessels to present a story and have the player experience it in an organic way. In the mainstream space, we have games like The Last of Us that present themselves as a critique and a subversion of these same hyper-violent tropes. I think regardless of where you look for your examples of modern storytelling styles and techniques, you're going to see a landscape that looks very different than it did in 2011, for example. The idea that a player just plays through a level, stops, watches a cutscene, plays through another level, stops, and watches a cutscene is extremely, extremely dated. It's something that I felt even back at that time, when games were starting to lean more into high-budget cinematics and big, quote-unquote, important stories. It really put me off of games, honestly. When I talk about that decade that I took off of video games, that was a big motivator for it. Playing games like Bioshock, for example, made me realize that if this is the way the games are going to tell stories, I just wasn't that interested. I've always been more excited by a game that can communicate its ideas through that moment-to-moment gameplay. And I think that's one of the reasons I love horror games so much. Since day one, horror games have been using tons of very inventive, diegetic techniques to tell you about the story and the world that you are in the middle of. Thinking back to the Resident Evil remake from 2002, for example, they managed to introduce an entire subplot just through notes, enemy encounters, and environmental clues. They didn't change any plot beats or cutscenes or really anything. And it just goes to show how strong that environmental storytelling and those diegetic clues were in the original game from 1996. Now, it's also come to pass that some of the most fascinating gameplay experiences you can have in the horror genre or in horror-adjacent genres of the last 10 years have existed within games whose stories, I think, are either very, very dumb, completely skippable, or on some level kind of problematic. The combination of that reality and the aforementioned mindset has left me playing a lot of horror games thinking, skip to the end. And I've been mashing start through a lot of dialogue and cutscenes over the last two years as I explored and revisited games for this show. Today, we're talking about a game that I think embodies this more than anything else I've ever played. And yet, in all my start button mashing and dialogue skipping, I'm wondering if I missed something. Not just about this game itself or its plot, but the way it was made, and the significance that this game holds. We'll be taking a look at that and other aspects of the game Dying Light in this, the 96th episode of the show Zero Brightness. 
Let's go. You know, producing the show the way I do now, it's been kind of fascinating to watch themes emerge. I think one that I explicitly stated in the first episode in this style was that I want it to be more communal. So there's going to be more talk about games that you play with other people. There was going to be more of that community vibe. So I knew right from the jump there was going to be somewhat of a shift in focus away from super narrative-heavy single-player games. That was just naturally going to happen. However, what I didn't expect was a perfect one-two combo of episodes that fully encompasses my views on narrative in video games. And of course I'm talking about the Hyper Late Drifter episode and the Resident Evil 6 episode both with my friend and co-host Justin. In the Hyper Late Drifter episode, we talked a lot about how a game can communicate a narrative and emotions and also just use storytelling really well without having any traditional storytelling. No lengthy cutscenes, no dialogue, no voice acting, nothing. And then the next time he and I got together, We were talking all about Resident Evil 6, a game that is fun to play with a friend, but the story is horrendous. The cutscenes are terrible and overly long, and even hidden within many of those cutscenes is a lot of problematic, misogynistic, sexist, and just flat out stupid bullshit. And although the game isn't racist like Resident Evil 5 is, it does have some really questionable depictions of people from China and Eastern Europe. The most questionable thing being that, like, They're kind of weird monster men that are the same regardless of what country you're in. It's not a good look. But once again, it was kind of in an optional part of the game that I mostly chose to skip on my playthrough. It didn't hit me like the stuff that was in Resident Evil 5 or that I've encountered in other games. I've talked before about liking certain kinds of media as feeling like navigating a minefield. Being a socially conscious fan of things like anime, heavy metal, or video games means that you're constantly vigilant and you always have your guard up. You're waiting to find out that that black metal band are actually a bunch of Nazis, or that that anime actually has some weird, creepy sex stuff halfway through. With video games, it's sort of like all of that wrapped up into one. You're waiting for the shitty social commentary, but you're also waiting to find out that the developer was actually abusing its employees in one way or another. This might seem like a non sequitur, but it's not. I really think my whole kind of skip to the end idea of approaching video games and other media was really informed by the fact that 
If I wanted to have any involvement in it at all, I was going to have to pick and choose what I looked at and what I saw. Even within work sometimes, I was going to have to pick and choose what I was looking at. I'm definitely not advocating for something like separating the art from the artist or excusing problematic stuff, but I think it's just something that happens naturally. Going back to Resident Evil 4, which I've been talking about quite a bit lately, there's a game that, once again, has weird misogynistic undertones in it, and maybe even some slightly racist stuff in the way that it depicts certain people from, you know, Spain, where the game seems to be set. But the game's story and dialogue is presented in such a hokey, schlocky, and low-quality way that I was always skipping it anyway just because I didn't want to fucking hear it. My habit of just skipping this stuff has really been honed over many, many years, but it's also been sharpened to a razor's edge by producing this podcast. Returning to gaming like I did and trying a lot of the most lauded games, and games I enjoyed a lot like Evil Within and Alien Isolation, I found that a lot of this stuff really was inessential and sometimes boring. I really did want to just get back to playing the game. And I think that is just my play style. Now that's not to say I don't enjoy a good narrative. There's tons of games that I've played and even ones I've covered for the show that have great narratives and great storytelling. I just feel like the basic idea in anything approaching mainstream video games, that there needs to be a sort of traditional narrative and a concrete story, is bunk. A lot of these games would be a lot better if they really just didn't have a story with cutscenes or a lot of dialogue. They could just be using atmospheric storytelling, or they could just cut it out completely and I don't really think anything would be lost. I guess it's similar to when I say that if a game wants to discuss heavy themes or talk about, you know, really dark real world stuff that has to justify its existence, I feel the same way about narrative. But I think that a lot of companies and a lot of games get away with it because within the video game's medium, there's kind of a tunnel vision. People just get excited about things because it's in a game you can play. There's kind of that play the movie mentality. But that never worked out for games based on films, so why would it work out for original stories? I really don't vibe with or understand this way of thinking. To me, good storytelling is good storytelling, and good storytelling always takes into account its own medium. How is it being told? What methods of storytelling are most effective for the way that it's being told? A good book-to-film adaptation, for example, knows that it's moving into a visual medium. It needs to be visually interesting. And also the pacing needs to be different. A movie that's just paced like a long book can feel really dry and boring, even though that same story can really pop on the page. In video games, the main advantage to the medium is that it's interactive. It can communicate directly to the player in a visceral way. So, when a game constantly stops to make you watch a cutscene, I start to wonder if it even understands that it's a video game at all. To me, it's always felt like wasted space or wasted potential. Why would you stop the player dead in their tracks, take away control from them, and make them watch a cutscene, which generally is of a lower production value than the game that they're playing? 
not in terms of visuals or special effects or anything like that, but just in terms of overall quality. Now this might seem like a pretty extreme stance, and if you're a certain brand of contrarian, you're probably already thinking of games that you enjoy that have great cutscenes, but I guess there's two things to defend my position here. Number one is I guess I'm speaking generally, and I'm speaking for myself. Generally, I would rather be playing a video game than watching a video game. The other thing here is that given that this episode is about dying light and I've recently played Resident Evil 6, I'm thinking more of stuff along that lines. Stuff whose story and narrative is lightweight, cheesy, influenced by action movies and action TV shows, and just generally devoid of any like deeper themes or heavier meaning written into the plot. It's the kind of stuff where you can skip the cutscenes and you're not missing anything. They're supposed to be pure entertainment. If you don't find them entertaining, what's the point? In the context of a multiplayer game in this style, that feeling becomes even stronger. Now I know this isn't like a huge genre of games, you know, basically single player games that you can play with two to four people and it doesn't change the flow of the game at all. You're still essentially playing a big open world single player action adventure game. but. When you are playing in that context, it really changes the feel of the game. Resident Evil 6's cutscenes were always stupid, but when you have another person there just kind of making fun of them or talking about something completely different because you're bored, you really start to see the absurdity of them. Dying Light is exactly the same way. Booting up Dying Light, I was immediately struck by just how empty-headed the story, the setting, and everything were. There's maybe some button-pushing imagery, especially for me, an Arab person, and I'll talk about that later, but just the fact that every single person in the game has a different accent, and the choices they made in order to make the city you're in kind of just like generic Middle Eastern place, they just pointed to the fact that this game was going to be really dumb and not have any sort of deeper message or anything to say about some of the aesthetic signifiers that it chose to co-opt. So yeah, I pressed start. I skipped to the end, over and over and over. And the more I played this game, the more I skipped to the end. It felt totally natural and normal to me, but at some point I did start to wonder. I've just gotten so used to skipping dialogue and cutscenes because I think it's dumb or it's inessential that maybe I have developed some certain blind spots. I don't really see myself abandoning this method of playing games or viewing narrative in games because I just don't think that the quality of storytelling in most video games is at a level where I should be giving it my full attention all the time yet. But I have started to ask myself, what am I missing when I skip to the end? Skip to the end. Poop is cool, and I think that Johnny English is cool because they didn't just have someone drink diarrhea or get a little bit of poop on him. He full-on crawls up a communal toilet. Yeah. Like, that's, that's weird and niche enough that somebody has masturbated to that. Yeah, I mean, people will be people will be masturbating to awesome stuff. <laughs> I still think the best one is the Jar Jar Binks getting farted on by that thing. <laughs> what? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, this sounds vaguely familiar, but also Star that I've probably wiped Wars, it. Um, <laughs> I've on. probably wiped this from my memory because it was too traumatic. There's this like fart meme where this guy, there's like this weird skin llama thing or like skin anteater that doesn't have any fur. Okay. And this guy was like, anyone else find the scene really hot when this alien farts at Jar Jar? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let me read it again. Anyone else find this scene really hot when this alien farts at Jar Jar? The alien just looks so feminine and sexy. And the way that it farts and turns to him to flaunt it. Like it's inviting him to get closer for the next one. I first watched this movie when I was very young, and I've masturbated to this scene so many times. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ooh, my Facebook right now is lit up with the Sean Tillman thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I was getting the sinking feeling that nobody, nobody was going to talk about it. And then yeah. I was going to get sued in a year for being like, oh, yeah, that guy's a rapist on a podcast or something. Yeah. Yeah, we should hit him with it, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm down to, like, hit that dude with this shit. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I'm tired of the open secret thing, too. Where it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, everybody knows that guy's a, a creep. And it's like, What? Are you kidding me? Like, because I find out last, or I'm just like, oh, well, I thought that guy was creepy, but I didn't know that he, like, did anything. And then I'm just mad at everyone. Because, like, why didn't you fucking tell me? Right. You know? Like, if I knew someone was a, was a fucking creep and had committed sexual assault or whatever, like... I would tell people. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what sucks so bad about him is that he isn't even cool and he's actually a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. And we're still like forced as like a community to like, like lift him up and like raise him up for no fucking reason. That dude is such a fucking loser. It's insane. He's an ugly piece of shit. <laughs> And you can tell that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Well, you can I, fucking tell he's a shithead. So I had I didn't know who he was when I saw him once. Mm -hmm. um, and I must have been like 19 or something. It was like forever ago. Yeah. Uh, and he opened for somebody. It was like he was just opening some show I was at. Probably some amazing band, too. That's what sucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like probably some band that you loved so much yeah and exactly. he was somehow the band like he was somehow the opening act for this band that you just fucking worship yeah exactly I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% sure that yeah. that was the case but yeah so like I'm at the show and I had heard the name like Harmar Superstar I don't know who the fuck this guy was and so he starts playing and it's literally just this ugly little man who looks like Danny DeVito mm -hmm. um, in his underwear he's blackout drunk and he just yelled at the sound guy the whole time while like tracks played yeah that was his whole set and then eventually he like got on top of the bar and was crawling around and just being gross and like 
Uh, I, I thought that was literally the worst thing I had ever seen in my entire life. And then, you yeah. know, I come to find out that it's actually a thing that people really like. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow they, like, have committed to it and it's, like, their favorite thing. And I was, I was honestly um, fucking horrified by that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, ju- I just, like... Yeah, and then late, you know, later, like last year or no, a couple years ago, he got in trouble because he did like a tour singing Sam Cooke songs. Yeah, and some there was like a black artist from Minneapolis that was like, "Hey, this is cultural appropriation because your little Danny DeVito looking ass is yeah clearly not black. Why are you appropriating a black artist's work?" Yeah, and then I don't. He just kind of badgered the story into going away. Like, yeah. there was never any sort of, like, real conversation or comeuppance around that. And that's kind of what it is, like, at the end of the day. It's just, like, a mediocre white guy that all these people want to support for some reason who just rips off far superior black artists who has no original thought and is just a creepy fuck. And, like, the, well, the whole crux of this thing now is, like, people are... You know, there are allegations, you have to say for legal reasons, that he's a serial sexual predator. And he's basically been badgering it out of existence again and sending people cease and desist. But I think what's riled the people who experience these things up and people like us who, like, sympathize. Yeah. uh, I think what's riling everybody up is that he's on this promotional tour now for his new album that's like... I sobered up and I'm a changed man and I'm a good person now. And it's like, okay, but you did all this shit and you got to deal with it in private and then come out and be like, take your victory lap without having to tell anybody what you did. But like, there are people who experience those bad things and there are people who know what you did and they're frustrated with you just trying to take your victory lap without ever having like repented or made amends. Yeah, especially because like his career is over. I mean, I, I I think that he is not willing to accept that it's actually over, but that shit is done. Yeah. Like, people aren't falling for the Harmar superstar, uh, like, fake... I don't know. Like, dude, that isn't music. Like, that isn't... <laughs> like, it's, it's like a... Um, it's like a show. Like, it's like a show you'd put on mm-hmm. for, like, six months, uh, like, in... I don't know, like at the Southern Theater, you know? Yeah, it's a disgusting little man who doesn't know he's disgusting. He gets away with, you know, the the ultimate crime of just like constant assault, constant sexual assault. What a fucking piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Fuck, dude, I'm over it. Whatever. I'm I'm not. I I don't get to be over it. I'm going to I'm going to do something about it. I'm going (laughs) to. I'm going to go and say something to him. Well, it's just so fucking frustrating. Because it's like... I think, you know, it was like that news came out on the same day that there was like that mass shooting Yeah, that was targeting like East Asian women. Mm -hmm. And then also came out on the same day as like... Or right around the time they announced like a bunch of like big events that are going on this summer here... And I think the feeling that I got was like frustration because 
Some of us are trying to like imagine a better world. And some of us are doing whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. And like, that's what's been driving me crazy where it's like, we are in the worst scenario in all ways. Like we've just hit the worst scenario and some of us are like, okay, how do we get out of it? How do we make something positive or good? Like out of this scenario that we're in. And there's a bunch of other people who don't care or actively trying to push back or like restore the status quo, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, most of America. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Dude, it, it's. I feel like. I just feel like people have totally, like, never thought about, like, how to be nice <laughs> to the people around you. Like, how to be a kind person in public and how to be a kind person. Because you can go home and, like, talk shit about anyone, but you can, you can, like, when you're out and about and, like, people are looking at you and, and judging you, like, you can choose to be nice, you know? Yeah. Like you can choose to be kind and compassionate. It's totally up to you. And that that's gone. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I also feel like it just goes even deeper where it's like, there are people who are refusing to acknowledge that we are at a crossroads. Like, yeah, we're basically at a crossroads where we choose whether or not we are okay with things like casual racism existing or things like a culture that covers up sexual assault and devalues the lives and safety of, of women and and, you know, people who aren't just like straight males, you know, yeah. like, yeah. We're, we're, we're at a point where we have to make those choices. And I like the whole I mean, the whole last 10 years of my life has shaken me up really bad, but the last year especially has like shaken me up really bad to the point where it's like, all right, it's, we're not even waiting for the change anymore. Like the change is now we are making the change. Yeah. But then you, you look around and you see the wider culture is full of people who are just like, yeah, we're, we can't wait to get back to normal. Yeah. And it's like, like the general population. Yeah, is, is like literally like every day like romanticizing like the normalization of modern just modern society but not even that they they like they want things to go back to like what was normal in their heads and it's like well no clearly like nothing was working yeah what was working <laughs> what this? was working i mean it's like the earth is literally dying Full. It's full. <laughs> and Earth is full and it's dying. I mean, yeah. and people are not even willing to acknowledge that it's like, oh, yeah, we need major societal and cultural shifts to prevent the Earth from collapsing. Yeah. Like, dude, this is, man, this is what's totally blowing my mind. I'm pretty sure I've already said this, like, on mic, but like, what's been completely blowing my fucking mind is that when coronavirus hit and it first started to come out, like how it actually started, you know, Mm -hmm. like the first thing I thought was that, Oh, this is like the consequence of modern industry. Cause like 
if you take all of your production of just cheap, shitty, disposable goods that people use way too much every day, and you move it all to one country that has a huge population and that has a huge lower class that are like basically forced into labor on this manufacturing, you end up with people who are living in such like squalid conditions that they basically have open sewage. And that's pretty much how coronavirus started. Like you just had the absolute most like squalid living conditions. You had people just like interacting with those conditions and with animals. And through those interactions, you created like a virus that's never before seen to mankind. Right. But like somehow that just never translated to anyone. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like maybe we have to like seriously stop the way that we're ruining the environment and we have to seriously stop the amount of resources we're using because like we are going to just drive this whole shit straight into the ditch. Like if we don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people are. Yeah. I mean that it seems that will never happen. I, I, I hope that I'm wrong and, and I hope that, you know, people can accept that they have abused, um, their blessings you know yeah because like yeah if you like even in our shoes like you know being not wealthy people we're like lucky to have like a comfortable um uh life that involves like uh not hobbies but like our interests and like artistic uh um artistic interest in things that like buy our time yeah that we're sure. like we're like happy to do and like i think a lot of people aren't happy with anything and so they like f- maybe find it in waste of other you know like <laughs> yeah and so you're right it's like yeah like people need to start seeing that it's like hey there's their joy can be found in in a lot of things and and we don't need to like like take up a hobby every time something miserable happens in our lives and, <laughs> and we don't maybe need to look at a miserable thing as an opportunity to start buying an excess or um, yeah you know d- driving around more or whatever, <laughs> like a psychopath modern society and i say american society because we are americans and we live in america but i think it's a lot of places are the same yeah. but i think modern american society is just like deeply miserable yeah and totally. people don't know how to subvert that or move on from that. But I think we have a really hard time of admitting to that ever. Like I think Americans, like there is like a, and personally I struggle with this, but like we don't understand that like we are not like number one. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's really hard. And for a lot of people, like they'll always think we're number one, but it's all like circumstantial. So it's like, yeah, we were born here. Like I, I was born here. I'm like a white guy, and uh-huh. I don't think I'm number one. And like every day, I get super frustrated with like the things in my life that drive me crazy. And it's like, man, I could like live in Mexico, and it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're just, saying though. I'm just like, fuck. I, I just like don't want to have to get tabs for my car. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's really it. a hardship, honestly. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's the hardest thing I struggle with in life, but I, I, I just find that it's like, oh God, like 
we aren't number one because like this pandemic hit and like our whole like our whole government like shut down yeah our whole infrastructure collapsed it did it did it's fucking crazy it did for an entire year we we weren't able to like you know ah man we we didn't fix anything (laughs) yeah no i know and that's kind of what i'm talking about where it's like i yeah i mean our infrastructure collapsed and it's still in a state of collapse it's just that our country is so arrogant and stupid it's the combination of arrogance and stupidity that like people don't agree on the facts of things yeah so like so for me like in terms of my like covid precautions i'm like 12 out of 10 like compared to a regular person i'm like way way over the top but like so when i go places i see that there are maybe some people like me but there's a lot more people who are just kind of like whatever and then you've got people who just clearly don't care yeah complete disregard yeah so it's it's just narrowed what i can do and where i can go over the last year to the point where like i just don't go outside like i don't go anywhere or do anything i'm either at home i'm picking up something from a store outside or i'm at our music space working Like that's, I don't go anywhere else. I don't do anything else. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you would think a place like America would have shit locked down and would make shit easier for people. But it's like, even just like getting tabs for your car, like anything with the DMV right now is a nightmare. They've automated none of it. They've made none of it easier for people to get like over the internet or without going to the DMV. And so like, you have to go to the DMV. Nobody's wearing their mask, right? Like nobody cares. Everything. Yeah. You're just like stuck in this place for like an hour, breathing everyone's bullshit. Yeah, man. I mean, what what drives me crazy? Like, so on the DMV note, I have to get a vehicle registered. Oh, uh, God bless. You know, blessed. I, I'm lucky, dude. I got a free car this year, so that's fucking sick. Yeah, that but is sick. <laughs> it's fucking cool as hell. But to register it, like. Because I'm sure you'll have people that'll be like, you can get shit online from the DMV. You cannot register a vehicle. No. So I have, uh, I have been trying all week, and I've also, you know, I have, a, I have like a whatever. I'm not gonna dive into this because it's fucking boring. You can't <laughs> do that online. I don't fucking get why you can't do it online. <laughs> like all that shit should be online, or just don't fucking make it a thing because the employees yeah. that the the people that work at the DMV don't want to fucking work at the DMV. Yeah. And they fucking are really rude. And I'm sorry if any of your listeners are like <laughs> <laughs> like DMV employees, but actually like like uh you have to understand that you're lucky in that uh you have a fucking stupid job and <laughs> you you at least have it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for keeping on doing it, but Jesus Christ, you need to learn how to like talk to people. <laughs> Well, it, dude, you know what's great too? Another thing about American arrogance that I've learned from spending more time on the internet, like, and not just talking to people who live in the same state as me. Right. When you say something like, oh, you can't register a car over the internet, people, some someone from another state will jump in and be like, well, actually. And it's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. It's, it's different in every state. Right. All your taxes. Uh, your your registration, DMV, all that kind of stuff is completely different from yeah. state to state. 
Yeah, man, I didn't realize that. And like, so like, I ran into an issue that I moved uh, when I was supposed to be getting. Um, so I changed my address when I was supposed to be getting new tabs on my car. Yeah. And there's a grace period, obviously. But I screwed up and uh, had the tabs sent to my previous address, and that house was actually torn down. <laughs> oh, it's already been torn down? Yeah. That's gone. so crazy, dude. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that, so that, and it's been gone for a while. It's taking them forever. Yeah. Um, and so, to make this a long story short, I've run into some kind of a weird, you know, like, cycle where they sent me a you know, a, a 60 day thing that was, that was supposed to be like a, you know, a replacement for tabs. Cause they, that I never got the tabs and they right. can't send you more tabs. And so, uh, that's been a huge issue. And now I have like four tickets. Oh my God. So I had to schedule a zoom meeting with a judge. Yeah. And now I'm just not going to drive my car <laughs> anymore <laughs> until until it's like, you know, tabbed up again, which is fine. I'm not I'm not going to freak out or anything like that. It is what it is. I get it. But uh, yeah, like there are uh, obviously consequences for mistakes you make, but like that should be something I should be able to look up. Like, yeah. hey, hey, I got this like piece of like, hey, I tried to buy tabs online and I got this. Uh, I got this response back. How come the DMV didn't tell me what to do after I got that response? Where it was like, you can't get tabs online. And I was like, wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, oh, fuck, what is wrong with that shit, dude? Well, I mean, a lot of it, honestly, is just to fuck with poor people. Because, yeah. like, yeah, That's like, cool, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we love have that. We have to do man. that more. Yeah, we have to do that more. That's the American special. Well, because, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, as as a poor person yeah you know, no i'm sure somebody's grinding their teeth right now yeah but it's like knowing that you might keep this in i'm just like fuck dude oh it's, it's keep i love this this is the best 20 minutes yeah, people, no i know people will fucking love it though yeah, yeah people love this trash this weird garbage stuff this yeah. white trash guy talking about how he can't get tabs <laughs> for his white trash car well i have a nice car yeah you do have a nice car <laughs> it's just fine <laughs> it's a good it's, it's a it's a honda it's a nice, civic dude yeah yeah i have two honda i have a honda accord and a honda civic yeah that's so blessed dude i know i am yeah my my grandfather gave me that blessed car with uh twenty thousand miles on it dude that's okay that's incredible i'll tell you I what i need to see this we're trying to get into that honda life because it turns out the mm-hmm. PT Cruiser is incredibly hard to work on mm-hmm. and very expensive when you get... It's got uh, that needle nose dick, dude. It's it got is. That, it is. It's got that little front. It's a needle dick car. It so is. the the front, the whole front comes to a point. And so I didn't think about that before I bought it, that like in order to fit all the engine components in there, they just stacked them. So uh, <sighs> yeah, like in a, in a Honda... It takes about 10 minutes to change a battery. Yeah. Uh, it takes an hour, maybe yeah. more in the PT, because you have to take uh, apart the whole filtration system to get to the battery. Yeah. And I mean, the, yeah. Uh, it's And I did it. Uh, that's tight. But it it's horrible. And so then I had to take it in for another repair, because, like, that was a repair, and then it, it needed, like, a, you know, basically like a flush... And then we had to take it in for another repair and he was just like point blank like yeah it you know this costs 
just basically costs you like one to two hundred dollars more because we have to like get to the radiator and it's underneath all this shit fuck and i was like oh you know what <laughs> like if i hadn't already like changed the battery i may have thought he was bullshitting me but i was like oh this is actually true i get that yeah <laughs> i think iconically like they're I mean, dude, you've had that car for so long. That's so tight. That thing is fucking awesome. Yeah, that, dude, I, we've had so many problems with it over the last six months. But yeah. see, the thing that Monica always reminds me is that I had it for two years without a single issue. Yeah, that's fucking tight. Which, because the climate you is bought so- it for what, three grand? Oh no, I bought it for $1,500. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. that's fucking, I mean, and dude, even, I mean, dude, two years, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Cause like I was, I, another thing that people outside of Minnesota don't understand is that the climate here is so intense and it's so hard on cars that two years here is like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. Also, we're musicians. So like, yeah. We, like, and oh, yeah, dude, I mean, loading up a car with shit yeah every week to fucking drive around and do short little treks like fuck that's hard on your car in a car all this talk of a uh, lack of infrastructure and uh and uh uh horrible uh uh response to covid gets me thinking about a little something oh yeah well, see, that's the thing is that we we hate it here in America, <laughs> yeah, so you know, Cole and I, uh, you know, we, we had been playing some games online and we got to talking and we thought, Hey, what if we took a little vacation? Do you know anywhere that's kind of sunny that we could sort of check out and, and sort of spend some time away from America? And we found it. Um, it's a place called Haran. (laughs) One of the melting pots of the world. I mean, (laughs) insane because you can, you can catch a vibe from literally like any place on the planet like any <laughs> accent you can think of yeah you're gonna hear it like if you if you wanted like the dialect tour yeah so that's the thing is that i went i actually you know i actually li- i live in kind of a, a posh uh part part of town and i went yeah. down to the trap there's a special travel agent where you don't have to wear a mask so you can just go in <laughs> and just do whatever you want you know yes and i said well that's cool because that's what i'm all about um and so I went in there and they had a brochure and it said Haran. Well, it said visit sunny Haran. Not very, sunny. not very original catchphrase. And I was like, hmm, okay, all right. Um, but then I started paging through it and it said the two big selling points were um, everybody wears cargo pants or cargo shorts. And I was like, in into it and then the second point was that everybody has a different accent from somewhere different in the world and no two people have the same accent yes and so that's when i was like sold yeah and you want you want to like i i will say as a you know again i'm a white man and i do (laughs) find that yeah, maybe a lot of them are Middle Eastern, but you did make it very clear to me that a lot of them didn't quite fit the bill. <laughs> no. For any, maybe, I mean, arguably, some of them might have not been, um, again, it's a melting pot. So some of them <laughs> might be from uh, uh, territories unknown. Yes. And I like that. <laughs> well, okay. So, so Cole and I played Dying Light. <laughs> Which nope. is which is a video game, and Dying Light 
is a game that gives you the worst first impression I've ever experienced in a video game. It's up there. Yeah. Maybe. Cause okay, so we played the whole game together, co-op. Uh, but you have to play the first 45 minutes alone. You have yep. to play the intro alone before you can play with another person. And so I bought this game blind. I think you did too, Cole, right? Like I just told uh, you to buy it and you bought it. Yeah, right? no, no, no. Yeah. So we, I think you asked, you, uh, you had asked your fans. Yeah. Of the, the show, uh, what's good for that and i think it like this fit the bill because we were playing a much worse game yes we were playing oh, uh, i mean I'm, that that's gonna cut you some that's gonna get you but uh <laughs> we were playing a uh, battlefront 2 yeah star wars and, and we just found that we enjoyed playing co-op game yeah well i literally just googled like co-op horror game ps4 and basically the only one in this style you know because it's basically a single player game that you can play with two people and it doesn't really change like the game flow or structure at all which it's pretty cool like there's not a lot of other games like that yeah Um, it's genius i think yeah and, and i've been talking about a lot on this show how like when genres that are primarily single player try to do multiplayer they always fuck it up and i think it's because they don't just do this like literally just let another person play the game because even like when you play you're the same character so when you start a cutscene, the camera like zooms in and you're one again and then you split back (laughs) into two guys but you're you're still like affected by like the same world. Yes. And yeah. so you you encounter all the same things. But yeah. then yeah, when 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 something like arguably not important happens. <laughs> yeah. Where they it requires a cutscene. Yeah. They're like, okay, now you're the same person. But it's unique too because like in certain cases, like because you're playing co-op if i'm playing with you you know it's it's your it's your game yeah and so like uh ai in the game will refer to you as opposed to looking straight at me or anything like that so i still like view it as an outsider at times it's very cool yeah it's there's a tension in this game the whole time between like the gameplay itself which is extremely fun and like very very good and pretty much everything else in the game which is absolutely terrible yeah and it keeps trying to make you do this like story and missions and all the stuff and they're all just like horrible <laughs> Yeah, you you don't care about anyone. No, it's insane. Like you, the yeah. only thing you care about is like, it, oh god, what a rare thing! In that it's like it's, it's a story that like captivates you, and that the the gameplay is so cool. But then all the storytelling is fucking awful. It's it's horrendous, and I love that it just hits you in the face with it right from the intro because yeah like we were so once again we went into this totally blind so the first night that we got this game we were like let's play we started trying to play together 
and it wouldn't let us. And so I Googled it and it's like, oh, we have to play this separately. So we were on a call with each other, just like chatting yeah. while we were playing. And it was weird the whole time we were like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Cause like you start out and you're like this generic white guy and you're dropping into like generic Middle Eastern country, which once again, I didn't know this game was set in the Middle East. So right away, I was like, "Oh no!" Like, oh, right at home. <laughs> this accurate depiction of my country. I oh, I, I don't right. know if I, I haven't told you guys this yet, but I'm actually from Haran. Yeah, he's Har- Haranese. <laughs> Unclear if Haran is a city, a country, a township, or what. Yeah, very confusing. Because, yeah, I... Oh, God, yeah, so... I think the thing I hated most about it from the get-go is that it, like, requires you... Because after finishing the game now, I, the more I thought about it, it's like, oh, man, I could have played that whole game with you. It would have been fine. Yeah. We could have learned together. Yeah. Cuz it didn't it didn't teach us anything. Yeah, well, the worst thing actually I think was that when you by the time you actually finished the campaign, you realize that the story is horrible, not just as a storytelling idea, but also as a structure. It's really yeah. bad because yes. They basically railroad you through a bunch of tasks that are boring and increasingly difficult and don't really add anything to the game. And we kind of just shotgun through it. And then after it, we started doing side quests and we realized that the side quests are way better and way more fun. But like, we didn't really have any like, enticement to do them while we were playing the game you know because yeah. like oh no, yeah we we, yeah. we we are our our only goal and it was kind of like as a kid uh do you remember playing like grand theft auto oh yeah for sure and you would you would just like get cheat codes yeah and so you could like kill the most people um my feeling this whole game was like oh like let's get through this so that we can like get, get to like exploring this world actually. Yeah. And I, and I still don't give a shit about the story. Yeah. Well, it's just so funny too, though, because we actually played all of the campaign up until the last mission. And then we tried the last mission and it was so fucking horrible that we decided to just skip it and go back to just fucking around and exploring. And that's when we realized we didn't have to do any of the story. Like, right. But the game kind of tricks you into thinking that you need to. Oh yeah. The whole time you're stressed out. Yeah. You're like you're like thinking about like, Oh God, I have to do this thing. Cause they're, they're calling you or something. Yeah. It's such a bad structure because it keeps pulling you away from what's actually fun in the game and even certain things like you do need to play a lot of the game to unlock like the grappling hook for example yeah so like when we started playing the game one of my friends said like hey like when you get the grappling hook this game gets a lot more fun and i was like oh okay cool but then i saw that it's like way late in the game you know it's like you're over halfway before you get it but then once you do suddenly it's like the most fun 
and it's like why didn't i get this way earlier in the game or like why did i need to do this much of the story to get this thing that just makes the game fun like there's a there's a really bad balance between the things that are not fun and the things that are fun yeah i think that that was a huge turning point but i as a as a player so on the grappling hook note um i will say that the multiplayer gameplay is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it doesn't change regardless of how many people you have in the game, like the difficulty. No. Yeah. Uh, and that might be, uh, I, I might be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. Yeah. Um, and so like we hopped on with another friend, Tim, who is not nearly as far as we are. And we knew about this like thing in the game that we could, uh, get the grappling hook for Tim much quicker. Yeah. More fun. So we found this way and that's super cool. Uh, but I don't understand why they wouldn't just put the grappling hook into the game. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No, we got to talk about this actually, because this is hilarious. So I basically, the way the whole grappling hook saga started was that we were playing the game totally normally. We were being good boys and doing our story missions. We were. We were really good. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not bad at the game. We're no, awesome at it. We're good at the game. And like we were having, it, the game is really fun and we're having a fun time. And it just so happened that for some reason I had a weird like lopsided character progression so just like any you know big triple a mono genre game you have like a skill tree and you have three different traits to invest in and somehow i had invested all my points into this one skill uh i don't know how it happened and i had way more than cole yeah just in just in this one skill like my other skills were weak and this one skill was super strong and that's the one that gives you the grappling hook so we were playing and i was just like oh shit, I just got the grappling hook and I played with it for like three minutes and I was like, Cole, we have to get you the grappling hook. Yeah. Uh, and so we that was like as we were logging off and the next day you were like, I found an exploit. The exploit is you go to a grocery store called the Stuffed Turtle and in there you can basically go in and start the mission collect a bunch of these drops that give you XP for that trait, leave, fail the mission, but keep the drops. And then you just go in and out doing that over and over and over. You never clear the mission, but you keep collecting those drops. And what's insane about that too is like, I looked it up and when, when researching this game, like you find that, you get the people that are super cool and honest about it, and then you'll get the people that are like annoying losers. <laughs> but the the uh, I watched two videos on that. One guy was like, "Oh, you can do this as many times as you want. Like, you can either do the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is like you don't encounter any zombies. You go into this fucking grocery store. You grab these three things." you're at risk of getting electrocuted but you can change that very simply yeah or you can do this thing where you get those three in that room and then after that you can go into this next room right yeah and then so I I see that one and I'm like that's cool I gotta verify that's real so I watched another one where a guy is like how to get these five packages and he's like you gotta do all three of these 
and then you have to go into this other room and get to these zombies and get to this thing. And I'm like, all right, so I'm already cheating. I'm already looking all this shit up. And I think we both agree that like looking anything up on this game, people like want you to make it hard on yourself. Yeah. And I think that if I can recommend this game to anyone, my one recommendation is have as much fun as possible. <laughs> yeah. Like go fucking nuts. Yeah. Get, no. get more people and fucking get a gun and shoot people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this game is, it. you put it perfectly. It's the poster child for a make your own fun game. Definitely. Like the things that the game presents to you are not good. Like the story is not good. The missions are mostly just like not good. Um, they're just frustrating. They're just yeah. They're just kind of a slog. But yeah, you just have to run. <laughs> the basic gameplay is so fun. And so okay, we haven't even said like what that is. So let me yeah. boil it down to you because it's so absurd that the first time you hear it, you'll probably laugh out loud. But it's literally a first-person open-world action adventure game where you fight zombies with parkour yeah or or yeah you travel yeah with parkour Uh and you fight zombies with with hand-to-hand combat yes with with uh uh found objects yes and so the, and, and using parkour as well. And, and using parkour. I just like the parkour thing is so funny because so this game came out in 2015, which I think is a few years late to the like parkour craze. Definitely. But it's it's got to be it's got to be like nine years. <laughs> no, I don't know. OK, parkour craze. Can we call it 2010? That's what my gut is telling. Or is me. it 2012? I want to say it's I want to say 2010 because there's like, you know, it like shows it used to show up in like sitcoms and stuff. Yeah, like The Office. The Office has the parkour references. Office is so like 2010, right? It is. It's so 2010, maybe 2011, but we're not 2015. 2015, it felt like the world had moved on from parkour. So... A game where you parkour is is kind of funny. Uh, well, and even there's another game uh, that's called Mirror's Edge that was like yeah. an action game based where, on parkour. And that was that must have been like 2010. Did you play that game? Yeah. Did you like it? I like that game. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't play that game. Maybe I would play that. Game. It seems like the same as this game. It's a lot more linear. It's kind of just like a straight up action game. It's really short. Um, yeah. That game came out in 2008. So Mirror's Edge did? Yeah. Wow. I guess that makes sense. That would be the last time I would have watched like a trailer for a video game. Yeah. And that feels wow. more like the time when like, oh, wow, parkour. really came out in 2008. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. What yeah. the fuck is going on? Dude, time. Time keeps on slipping. Oh, yeah. The parkour focus, like there's a line in that game that (laughs) that a that a a known parkour instructor says, "I'm just a parkour instructor." I'm just a parkour instructor. Yeah. 
are you kidding me dude he's like sort of well everyone thinks he's like the leader of this like group yeah they treat it like that like you are like early in the game you're like sent up like an elevator in this thing to this guy that's got a head wrap on and he's like fucking in charge of everything and then the second shit hits the fan again apparently He's like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm just a parkour instructor. <laughs> just a parkour instructor. <laughs> and the accent is funny, but honestly, just a guy saying I'm just a parkour <laughs> instructor is the funniest thing ever to me. Yeah. <laughs> any any just a parkour instructor is like the funniest guy in the planet. Oh yeah, totally. And I know it's not over. Like I get ads on Instagram for parkour all the time for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. What are my what are my fucking interests? You know what I mean? Like, why why are parkour guys like? Oh yeah, we gotta advertise the this age group that's interested in this stuff. <laughs> well, dude, God, the ads I get on social media are horrifying because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the ads I get are really obvious in terms of like who they think I am. Right. And it makes me feel really bad about myself because I realize right. that like I kind of am who they think I am, but just not in the way that they think I am. Like, yeah. Like if I see an article from Loudwire advertised to me on Facebook, I always click on it because it's funny. Like, yeah. I know I'm going to laugh at like 13 reasons why you don't see Ozzy anymore or something or like 10 times Dave Grohl pissed his pants. Like I, but then like they start advertising you based on that. Cause you're like, Oh, you're, you're in your thirties and you're just like a dork who listens to rock music. Yeah. You can't break the algorithm. Yeah. In their mind. But at the same time, it's like how, I don't know. I don't care. I guess I don't care about that algorithm. I will say I, I might recommend to anyone listening that doesn't have ads like that, that if if you are interested in maybe finding some of the worst bands on the planet, <laughs> uh, either hit Ali or because um, we get ads for the worst bands ever. Yeah, yeah. On our Instagram or if you create an account that is like music focused, you will come across some of the funniest bands that are within like 1500 miles of you. Yeah. Well, it's so fucking awesome. It is awesome. And it's really funny. And so Cole, you know, I send you shit like that all the time. Mm -hmm. And the, the two big interests that lead me to videos like that, because it's what the algorithm decides, like, that's what that is, are um, shoegaze music yeah, and guitar pedals. Yep. So if you, if you center your online interests around shoegaze music and guitar pedals, you will get ads for the most hilarious bands. Like, yeah, it's very cool. And nowadays, like there are these weird Instagram accounts that are like for like a shitty artist or a shitty band. That's like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but there's sort of like low confidence, like rap rock bands. 
And so, yeah. like, the ads will be really weird. Like, some, some people, people say we sound like the Deftones, but I just want to kill myself. And it's just, like a video of a guy in a cave, like, playing a guitar while, like, the worst music you've ever heard, like, plays in the background. And uh, it, it clearly rocks, like, a lot. And, and it rules. And then I will immediately text it to Cole. But um, Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we are blessed to both... Uh, come across a lot of that yeah that's <laughs> amazing it's really really cool but uh back to haran and parkour <laughs> okay so so you do parkour uh which sounds hilarious but it's actually really fun it is i mean i think it, it's like hard too it's it's uh i find what i struggle with the most in this game is that like uh, like your character's perspective or like your character's like view of things is super important. Yeah. And so it's like very important that you're looking at the thing you need to grab onto or that, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, looking up when you're jumping. I don't know, whatever, but yeah, well that's so basically the way that movement works is like you have a, a run button. So you start running and then you have a jump button, which also doubles as like your grab button. And where you jump to and grab is all based on where you're looking at. So you have to center your viewpoint. Like if you're trying to get to a ledge, you have to center your view on the ledge. Right. And then even if you're like hanging from it. So if you're trying, you can scale a building like really fast. But in order to do that, you have to like look up to a ledge, jump to the ledge, then look up a little bit higher to see the next like series of ledges and then just start mashing the jump button. Um, it is not intuitive, but once you get the hang of it, it's like really, really fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely not perfect, but it it's like it the the imperfections make it super exciting. Yeah. Because it, you can like end up on the ground and if you're on the ground you're you're getting you're most likely getting attacked by zombies and that is so cool like it's it's so stressful and having two people there makes it so incredibly fun that's what i was just thinking though is like i don't think it would work the same with just one person Mm. because like so on this show we've talked about certain games like um resident evil 5 and 6 for example are co-op games where you always have a second person. So even yeah. if you're not playing, if you're playing offline, there's still AI and like, yeah, and that's awesome. The AI is bad, but it's at least yeah. there, you know, yep, exactly. But, but in this game, like if you didn't have a second person, it would be really frustrating. Cause every time you fell off a building, which side note, you are going to fall off buildings a lot. Uh, you would just get downed and die. Yeah, you get killed unless, you know, unless we're just idiots. But I don't think we're, I don't, at this point, I don't think we're that bad at the game. No, I think we're pretty good at this game, actually. Yeah, and, and, and like, so having played even 45 minutes of it by myself, like, I, I think I see that I wouldn't enjoy it without another person. And I really wouldn't enjoy it with like an AI person. Oh yeah. Either. No way. Like I I would be like sad. Even if they could die and it wouldn't be a problem on your end. Like I, I, I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. But I, I can't even imagine playing this game by myself at this point. 
Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing, because, like, the things about this game that are fun are just running around, messing around. Yep, Kakuri. Um, <laughs> being a Kakuri boy. There's a weapon in this game called the Kakuri knife or the Kakuri machete. Yeah. And if you're, if you're like up for it, you can have a Kakuri event and you can, <laughs> you know, get with your Kakuri boys. And yeah. But yeah, no, you, you, you can like create your own fun in this game. Yes. And, and that's the thing is that like running around causing mischief uh-huh. It's fun. <laughs> and that's like the most fun you can have in this game. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta explain Kikori. So yeah, Kikori every is. so Kikori, like so the whole thing is there's a lot of looting in this game. Like there are crates to loot. There are all these little events you can participate in where you have to like kill, you know, other survivors that are hoarding shit, you know, and they have really good shit. And as you loot and as you uh, finish events or finish, uh, you know, any mission, you get more and more little delights. And we came across a Kikori knife. Uh-huh. And it was like, it was it was late enough. Uh, I think we had finished the game, actually. We, we haven't, we haven't actually beaten it, which is like somewhat embarrassing, but fuck it. Mm, eh, we'll talk about it later. We yeah, have, we'll we talk have about it later. very we'll good talk about reason it later. for not Yeah, so, it, yeah. so we didn't finish the game, and then we decided uh, instead of finishing the game, like, like I think the day after we didn't finish the game, we were so excited to, like, have freedom in this yeah. world. And I think we went Kakori crazy. Like, we found these knives in a loot crate, and I said, I was like, oh, let's let's uh just kakori down like let's just <laughs> let's use these things and it was awesome because it was it's like uh your your character uses the knife like they use no other weapon in the game yeah they have unique wacky hand animations they do for only kind of only the kakori knife yeah like every everything does have like a different um feel you know, like a like an like a hand axe or like a, a hatchet is different from a uh, a full size axe, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But the Kakuri knife, they, it gets very delicate and yeah. precise, and yeah. you start you start slashing in this cool pattern. Yeah. And it doesn't work very well, but you can really Kakuri around, and and I think like creating those moments where you're really just running around like kicking zombies in the head or like. Kakori knifing makes the game what it is. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's like the real weird and kind of frustrating thing about the game is that there are certain skills that you unlock that make the game like insanely fun. Yeah. And they're all like either at the end of the game or after the main quest. Yeah, you have to have made too much progress. Yeah. And like, okay, so the quest is miserable. Like, yeah. there's cutscenes, there's dialogue. It's all horrible. I mean, to go back to that intro, like, so you're literally playing as just like generic white male. Like, your name is like Whitey McMail. Uh, yeah, it's what is it? Ke- Ke- Kevin Crane it's or something? K- yeah, Kakuri Boy Crane. Kakuri Crane. Kakuri Boys. Uh, no, you're just a generic white male, and you parachute into a generic Middle Eastern place. You meet a bunch of people who all have different accents. And 
for me it drove me crazy because like you know i'm not like the uh, so for anyone listening i'm not the king of the middle east that's not no but i am arab and and and, and you know what that we have to respect that (laughs) you yeah everyone has to respect that i'm arab you must you have to (laughs) and when it comes to this game when it comes to this game and (laughs) for me i grew up in a bunch of different places in america and every muslim community we joined and we, we were like very very religious and every muslim community we joined had a bunch of different people like ethnically right so i got to meet all these different people and types of people and i got a little bit of a feel so like i hung out with some like afghani dudes for a while who did street racing i did some (laughs) afghani street racing or like oh i hung out with like these like bosnian dudes or like oh i hung out with these like you know these like moroccan dudes these yemeni guys or whatever and so like i kind of like i know the feel of like different places in the middle east and so Whenever I see something like this, I either try to judge the authenticity of it or I try to figure out if it's fictional, I try to figure out where it's supposed to be. And so like right away when we started playing, I was like, oh, I think this is supposed to be like fake Afghanistan because like the first three people you talk to have like vague Middle Eastern accents or like Russian accents. And so it's like, oh, like based on that, I think maybe, and it's like kind of a quote unquote, like war torn country. It's like, oh, maybe it's supposed to be Afghanistan. But then the more we played, I was like, this is, this is just like st- a stupid white people place. This yeah. is, like, this is basically Agrabah like from Aladdin. It's like a fake place invented by white people and it's brain dead and it's stupid. And I just wanted it to stop. And, and the main antagonist of the game is literally just like Arab Joker yeah and well fuck and you do become arab i don't (laughs) i don't get it because you start white and then so ollie and i have this other thing about this game and and it's kind of been our thing since the beginning and i will say if you play this game fuck off as much as you can only fuck off only fuck off and and meet people or you can come play with us just email ollie and we'll (laughs) we'll let you play with us we're very good at the game uh we're very fun at the game and we'll give you Um, all the good items oh yeah we have a lot of good items we have a lot of good shit we're in the middle of that right now we're replaying the game we love this fucking game so much we're we're already we're already replaying this game with another person so we've added a new person to our posse um you have the option to change not only your outfit every day, but oh, yeah. you have the option to change your uh, uh, whole rig. So you can be, you can go from, you know, the usual crane guy yeah, to some other group of people where you're like, oh, wait, what? Now I'm a bald white guy. What, what happened here? Uh, or you can be kind of not really whatever you want, but you can you can expand a couple more. Uh, you could levels. yeah, you could become an Arab dude randomly, and like, and, and I don't get that. Because <laughs> yeah. Is our guy is is the crane, and maybe somebody listening can help. I don't think uh, I don't think I don't think they can though. So I think uh, <laughs> I I think to clarify, uh, I think you're a white person when you start playing the game. Yeah, no, you're super white. You're white, yeah. But then, but then, 
as you change costumes and things because for whatever reason they let you like gallivant (laughs) in that game like that's the only word i can think of like you can put on like a clown suit it's like it's like a combination of like a surgeon's uh uniform yeah when like a surgeon would go into surgery and a hospital like child cancer clown (laughs) yeah you're sort of like uh like a a nurse practitioner clown yes yeah an npc (laughs) but but or or you can be like a weird like uh blue lives matter uh like mask wearing like slipknot guy yeah you can totally be blue lives matter slipknot (laughs) you can i mean there are like there are like 15 iterations of a blue lives matter guy (laughs) which is very cool i mean this game is insane and then as as you like change your blue lives matter like type (laughs) like depending on which blue lives matter you like are you can you can go from like uh somewhat like slender blue lives matter but still muscular Uh to to like over like mildly overweight but still like svelte blue lives matter guy (laughs) or or you can be extremely muscular uh blue lives matter guy in in like full tactical gear yeah but you are you are almost always a blue lives matter individual you, you kind of can't stray and you might be brown or you might be white and we aren't sure yeah <laughs> or you might be very white and very bald and not wearing a mask but generally <laughs> you're wearing a mask yeah it's like the outfits let you change just your body and your ethnicity <laughs> and everything yeah you can change your like full like rig it's so weird but there's no like character creator it's just like presets and they should do a character creator because it's like, because <laughs> fuck, dude, I, I don't know if I want to be this Blue Lives Matter. Guy. Well, of course, we don't want to be that guy. Also, what's weird about the Blue Lives Matter thing is that like, <laughs> you have the option to be a Blue Lives Matter type guy, uh-huh. and I, I I did skip this. Yeah. Or for some reason, after you've selected, uh, you you've gone through like every weird variant of a blue lives matter type guy <laughs> you can also uh just represent a certain country <laughs> oh yeah you can pick like you're like oh jamaica guy or like oh you can be japan guy but they're all like the country literally is just represented on your t-shirt yeah you're just yeah so when you do the jamaican one you're a white guy wearing a jamaica theme outfit if you're listening to this right now, I'm telling you, download this game for the <laughs> for the costumes alone. Well, yeah, and if you don't have a PS4, buy a PS4 and communicate with uh, Ali, and we will show you. That <laughs> it is the greatest time in the world. There's nothing better than getting to your pack. <laughs> Where your items are stored, where yeah. all of your, where every country, where all thirty countries are stored, yeah, <laughs> and you can just rig it up. <sighs> yeah, well, oh, and that's one thing too. It's on like every platform, but there's no crossplay. So if you want to play with that, yeah, fuck that. Also, limited to four people. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah. Yeah, so you, get, we, you can do two to four, but it should be more. Can you imagine doing it with, like, ten people? It'd be amazing. Dude, I, I have to say, I think this is the... As a not super gamer, and I'm not... Uh, I think this game is probably the most the the most fun you can have playing uh with other people yeah but it see this is something that's interesting too though that we've kind of touched on earlier which is that the game is almost always trying to steer you away from the fun Mm -hmm. like you really i can't stress enough how you have to make your own fun because like the biggest example of this is when you start the game, well, there's two big examples here. Number one, they wait so long to give you the best like moves in the game. The moves are the grappling hook and the stomp. Because the grappling hook basically turns you into Spider-Man. And the stomp makes it so that you can kill zombies just by kicking them. And it just makes the game so hilarious and so fun. But the other big thing is that the weapons are really weirdly unbalanced where like you don't get any good weapons for most of the main campaign. Like you're just getting like pipes and knives and just really shitty like everyday items. And the game keeps telling you don't use guns. Don't use guns. Oh, if not you- just the game though. It's the internet too. The internet too. This is where we got fucking ripped to shreds, Ollie. Yeah. Like no one told us. If if my if the only thing anyone takes away from this shit, listening to this, if you download the game, the second you get a gun, start using it. Use the gun. Yeah. Don't don't let the game tell you not to use the gun. Don't let anyone tell you not to use the gun. Yeah. Because that was the thing is we got a gun early on, but then yep. there was only one and we were like, well, let's not use it. Yeah, we just didn't use you it. You had it and it was like, okay, we're not going to use it. But then we did a mission where you're fighting mostly human enemies. That's the thing. When you're out in the world, you're fighting mostly zombies. But then halfway through the game, you start doing missions where you're fighting mostly human enemies and they were all guys with like machine guns so we got machine guns and we basically went in there and just murdered everybody with this machine gun and we were like dude this like rocks like yeah let's way just, better yeah let's just only use guns like for the most part and that was how we played the rest of the game and it was so fun it is still so fun but yeah i mean i mean the other night we took our guns and took our <laughs> took our exploding weapons cuz everything yeah dude oh my god everything that makes noise there's like something about it like people that play this game they're a different breed uh-huh. human <laughs> yeah like they they like live for the uh, sneak attack yeah when the truth is you have the option to either like sneak up on something or drop kick it off of a roof yeah and i think you should always drop kick it but yeah most recently we've found that uh you can go to certain areas in the map and kill like 
500 zombies or whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So at the end of the game, you basically have a bunch of guns and then you have machetes. Those are the other good weapons in the game. Those are the only good weapons in the game are like the guns and the machetes. And you realize that you can take on whole hordes of like, yeah, hundreds of zombies. And it's so fucking fun. Like Mm -hmm. the most fun we've had in that game is standing on the rooftop above the center square and just like killing hundreds of zombies. But then, I mean, you're right. That was probably the that was probably one of the biggest events we'd hosted between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. But I will say I'm super enjoying um, taking a maxed out character and replaying the game with a person that doesn't care how we play the game. Yeah. So now, like, to clarify, we're playing with another dude who is who equally doesn't care about the story. <laughs> right. Because t- t- another thing we never talked about is how we didn't ever listen to what was happening in the story. No, because it was horrible. I mean, we, we, we get it. I mean, yeah. we understand it because we're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. We're kind of stupid. This, yeah, like, like a percentage. I'm, I'm pretty stupid, but <laughs> you like, but we, we get, you know, like we get it. We just don't care. And so... We're playing with Tim, and Tim revealed to us that he didn't fucking care what happened. Yeah. And so we're now we're redoing missions as like superheroes. Uh-huh. But I will say the superhero thing is that oh now I can like step on a zombie's head. Why in the world? In that world? Why in the world? <laughs> around this game. Why do you have to like l- like acquire traits that teach you how to like step on a zombie? Yeah, head? exactly. Like that should be fucking like square one. The game should be like, oh yeah, you can uh, stomp on a zombie if they're on the ground. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? It's it's <laughs> bad design because like it wouldn't make the game a lot easier if you could do that it would just make the game more fun because even like maxed out you can get swarmed by zombies and die or have to run away or whatever we die all the time we die all the time yeah so it's like i think that's a real weakness in the game's design that it gates off all the stuff that makes the game fun because they wanted to have that traditional progression arc from like weakling to like superhero but it's like See, because so there's another game that I like a lot called Days Gone that is unfortunately only single player. That game would be really fun if you could play it like this. But um, Days Gone is a much better designed game in the sense that like the upgrades and unlocks you get really are just buffing the main skill set. But you start with all the important skills in the game. This game is frustrating because it's not like that. It really is like they take away all these very basic useful skills and make you earn them by playing the game, which which sucks, actually. It really kind of takes some of the enjoyment out of the game. So yeah, like when we started playing with our friend Tim, we were like, Tim... And Tim's actually going to be on a future episode of the show, and he was actually on the Silent Hill episode of Demon Daddies. So, um astute listeners will actually know who tim is but uh yeah 
we were like, Tim is cool. Tim's cool. Tim's our Tim is very cool. Tim's our homie. But so I was like, <laughs> we were like, listen here, Tim. I immediately was like, yo, here's a machete and a machine gun. <laughs> I just threw them at him on the ground. And yeah, he, we saved those things. Yeah, we have. T- and, th- and once again, like Cole said, this could be you. We have hundreds of these things. Yeah. Whoever wants to play, can join on. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll give you this stuff. We're psychotic. We're psychos. But so we gave him that. And then we were like, OK, also now we're going to take you to the stuffed turtle. And we're going to do this exploit hack thing to get you the grappling hook. So within 30 minutes, Tim had the grappling hook, a machine gun, and a machete. And it's like, okay, now you can basically enjoy 70% of the enjoyment of this game. The rest of it is just getting the stomp. And then you're just like ready to rock. It doesn't make sense that guns exist in the world. Like... The the beginning of that game should start with you having to go find guns. Yeah. If there aren't, like the people that are trying to survive and shit should be like, oh, we need to go find guns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's so weird. And your your main focus is always on like finding a cure or something. And it's like, I don't care. Like, and there's no cure. Like the world has shut off this like portion of the Middle East or whatever it is. Yeah. Also, I dude, I have no idea why they didn't just do this in like a country. Why didn't they just pick one country to do like Oh yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like, it's like it's yep, this takes place in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, totally. I know you're you're obviously gonna offend people and like that is what it is, but like it's more offensive that they found the voice actors they did. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I, I actually agree. And like, yeah, it's it's very weird and frustrating. I think it's literally just that if they had done that, they would have had to do like research and like location yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And they, they just wanted to make like generic Middle Eastern place. Cause we were even playing and like, I would frequently be like, what is this place? Cause like, for example, every apartment is exactly the same, and it's all this like very kitschy '70s style, like Middle Eastern apartment. And I was saying, I was like, "Well, if you go back home, you might see one apartment like this." But people also have modern apartments, and yeah, it doesn't I mean, all look like this. Yeah, like the world moved forward. It's 2015, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Obviously, it's an old game, but it is what it is. It's not, yeah, it's not old enough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, it's it's really, really frustrating because, like, all those... Well, okay, so the, the story, actually, you, you brought up a good point about the story. Like, the story makes no sense because, like you said, your character is, you would imagine, focused on survival, and you as a player are just focused on, like, having fun, But then, like, the story tries to give your character all these motivations that make no sense. Like, they try to give you these relationships with other characters, but they're so paper thin that you don't care. And then they try and give you these motivations, like, you care about this place or the people in this place, but, like, you're just an asshole? And you have, like, no reason to believe that these would actually be his motivations? What's what's even worse about all of that? Uh, is that every time you fire up the game, oh, yeah. the game, the game literally has a message every time. 
that's like, and I, oh God, I gotta remember it because it's the so eyes funny of the world are fixed on Haran. Yeah, it has this like message, and then there is an actual like like script on the screen that says, "Uh, this game is all fictional. Like any similarities you find, uh, you know, to any re- like real life things, you know, whatever." Like any similarities in real life are uh, simply coincidence. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh my god, what the fuck? And I, <laughs> yeah. God, you got you, you should call that episode that thing because it drives me insane. Yeah. Like this episode, this episode needs to be called like whatever that is. That whole blurb. <laughs> that whole blurb. Oh my god, it drives me insane because it's like, why didn't you just like pick a real place yeah it would be so fucking cool yeah well it's just like once it wouldn't have to be it wouldn't have to be picture perfect you know you could you could like you could hop in it could be whatever and uh why does it have to be the middle east yeah if you're gonna make up a place in the world just like do anything else yeah well and that was really difficult for me at first because like i generally just avoid all that stuff because it's it's a it's either offensive or it's just corny and it's just like i don't need to see like white people's representation of the middle east and this game is is exactly the same in that regard where it's just lazy and it's stupid Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. So I kind of feel like there's so much about this game that you have to ignore to enjoy it that it's kind of fun in spite of itself. I feel like this is like literally the first day we revved it up. I think I remember you being pretty upset <laughs> about, <laughs> about the, uh, um, you know, the kind of the whole thing. Cause you like start it up and you almost immediately are like pummeled with this like horrific tale of what happened and and all the accents are just so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. That first 45 minutes where you're just by yourself, you're just like, oh. And I remember we were talking on the phone during that too, so it was pretty funny to like... Yeah. Explain to you what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> when I was doing it, because you had done it already and I hadn't done the 45 minutes solo ride. Yeah. And it, yeah, it really it really helped because I was able to be like, oh yeah, now I'm talking to this guy that looks like a, like a frog or... Like, <laughs> It just looks so bad, and then they sound so terrible. Yeah. It, it's, it is pretty offensive, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's... Okay, so the thing that's really frustrating about this game, and, you know, I read about... So, before we record this episode, not while we were playing the game, I read about the company that makes this game, and yeah. uh, there's, like, very recent reports coming out that they're kind of shitty. Oh. Uh, which sucks. And Yeah, I mean... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess they just, they have this office culture that's very just like misogynistic and shitty and they're kind of like dude bros. It's run by an autocratic dude who installed his wife as HR so no one can make HR complaints. And like 
all these things that honestly, to me, I was just like, holy shit, I've worked at the same company multiple times in my life. Like, yeah, I, I understand exactly the picture that they're painting and it fucking sucks. And then you sort of look at the decisions of, you know, made in the game with regards to like story and setting. It's like, oh, yeah, this is just like some middle-aged you know they're european but they're still white yeah. people it's like some middle-aged well, the, white guy <laughs> yeah just like, the aesthetic whatever. is so bad yeah it's just like such a bad look the whole time and i did just watch um an update for the second game that's been kind of a huge issue too yeah um i just watched that stupid update thing today just to get revved up for this uh, part two of this podcast <laughs> here and uh it was really weird because yeah, the guys all look like like YouTube reviewers of like metal bands. Yeah, like they're so album of the week guys, and it would yeah. be like they look like it's 2010. Yeah, and and they're at like a ghost concert. You know, <laughs> they're just they just they smoked weed for the first time in four months and like, yeah. or four years. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. and they're horrified. <laughs> yeah, they they look so stupid, and they're all wearing like dying light merch, and it's just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> couldn't look stupider. Yeah, there's just like there's a weird bad vibe like wafting off of this company and even off of this game, mm-hmm. and I think that the fact that we had so much fun playing it, I guess it's a testament to like the core, some of the core ideas of the game being very good, but also just to like the fact that you can break the game and just fuck around in it. Yeah. But it does make me feel weird where it's like, I spent so much of my time as a consumer just trying to avoid like shitty things and shitty people. And then you're, you're so good at that. Like (laughs) you're like, and I like, I think it's super awesome. I'm not like, that's like less of a, even a joke. Like I, you're one of my few friends that like, you know, because I'm pretty bad about all that. Like, I'll just watch whatever trash, you know, I'm just down. Right. But uh, every time I talk to you about something, you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking see that. But this one broke you, dude. <laughs> you're broken down. <laughs> I'm broken down. I don't have a moral compass or ethics anymore. I don't care. I get that, though. You just, <laughs> it's more for content. You know? Well, I, well, I don't really feel that way. I just felt like, because it's just like playing the game i was immediately like yeah like fuck these people but then i was just having a lot of fun and then after playing it for so long and reading that shit i was just like oh man like this this fucking sucks like yeah that they are this way but it's upsetting that's upsetting to hear but i'm not surprised yeah and that's that's kind of how i feel too and it's it's also just this weird thing too of like how video games work and like how you interact with them because I feel like with Dying Light 2 a lot of the toxicity and negativity is coming from the fact that they are like catering to this fan base that's like really really rabid and has basically been harassing them and like their response is to just be like, no, it's everything's cool. Like we're working on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know that they're kind of making these decisions based on what they think those fans want, which is how, yeah, which is a, like how you tank a game and B it's like exactly what's happened with a bunch of like shitty game launches in the last year. Yeah. Or movies. I mean, yeah. as funny as this, like this is pretty stupid, but 
like you know sonic the hedgehog those people got their way and i i really felt like hurt by that because that og look they had for sonic so sick was so fucking cool that would have been so scary and weird yeah totally and then they just oh god like it would have been so cool for them to commit to that weird super freakish like humanoid sonic yeah he was he was all like mangy yeah and he looking. was long and he had weird teeth yeah he's just dirty that's fucking awesome dude i can't i can't think of a cooler thing but you're totally right like catering to like certain groups of people is so frustrating because you know they they, they might lose sight of a and we could be totally wrong i mean we're probably not I, i'm sure we won't <laughs> like i'm sure it'll kick ass just like this game did I've not played a game more than I've played this game. I will I will admit to that. <laughs> but yeah, that see that's the other thing too though, is like I think for us, like we came to this game in the way that I think is like the best way to approach a game, which is like way after it's launched, you have no expectations, you just drop into it, and then you find the things about it that are fun and you just sort of like ignore the things that aren't that aren't fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the way that this company is making these games is not with that in mind. Like that was one thing. And I feel like we just kept like chafing against that where it would just be like, we just want to fuck around. And then the game would be like, hold on, look at this cutscene. Hold on, talk to this person. And it's like, or like it would just like alert us or something weird would happen. Like you'd have a walkie talkie pop up and it's just like, Oh God. Yeah. But it it does suck because like, I think that a lot of people probably got a lot out of of that, like horrible story. Uh (laughs) And so like when you go read stuff online, they're always like encouraging you to, you know, really experience like the full feel of the game. Like don't use guns. Don't, you know, don't do this. Like make it extra hard on yourself. And it's like, that's horrible. Yeah. I hate that. No, I know. I hate it too. And I also just hate that. It's like the story feels like it was written by an 11 year old. So it's kind of like, who is the person who is like really getting got by this story? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people do though. Like, that kind of shit just, like, works for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey, that's great for you if you really enjoy it. I don't think but, it is, though. I think you should read a book or watch, yeah, like, a... Yes. You know, let's let's talk about, you know, not to shill for another corporation that I'm sure I could spend two minutes digging in is horrible. But let's talk about HBO. Their streaming service has some really good original content. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that if you are playing these games <laughs> and mm-hmm. you feel that the level of storytelling is impressive, yeah. I think you should you should watch literally any HBO series. Yeah, any yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, cuz it, it like you don't there's not a single like the conflict is the whole game and there's no there really isn't an end. You know, well, here's here's the story. The story is that you are a white savior who drops yeah. into the horrible, savage Arab wilderness that's full of a bunch of weird, creepy people who all look like they pulled their clothes out of dumpsters and all have different accents. Yep. And then basically the game tries to set up relationships between you and these creeps once again i can say that because i'm arab but uh (laughs) and and then it just it it falls flat because uh 
they're not well-written or interesting characters. And then it just kills all of them. Everybody yeah. dies. There's no turn. There's no interesting story beat. Everybody just dies. And even like the villain comes out of nowhere. Like when yeah. he goes from being like kind of a morally gray character to being a villain, it's kind of like, huh? Like he's yeah. the villain. You and know? it doesn't make sense. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like it's because he, he's all over the place in this game that villain yeah like he's got like a different you know like somehow he's managed to put together like all these like massive you know safe houses for himself yeah <laughs> and everywhere you go he's like him and his goons are around and it's just it's so weird because it's supposed to be this massive map but i, I don't know it's fucked <laughs> it's so bad it's so miserable like playing that game watching every cutscene, or like trying to like make heads or tails of what exactly was happening and what's i think what what doesn't help with that too is that you finish a mission one night and then we'd come back the next day and our characters would be somewhere totally different yeah and so we weren't sure if we finished something yeah and and everything is like the same so all the mission like all the tasks are like so vague it's like get the get the bowl to the river or something it's like like, go get water from the spout and that's like super important or like go talk to dr babin or whatever i don't (laughs) know and you're just like wait didn't we do that or did we not do that yeah we were so confused this whole game but it's, well, see, that actually is an interesting point because it feels like they kind of knew that the story was bullshit because the game tracks your story progress and your character progress differently. Mm-hmm. So if you boot up the game and you just fuck around and level up and get items, the game is constantly saving your character progress. When you quit, that's all saved. But your story progress only saves when you beat a mission or reach like a significant checkpoint. So that's why we were getting warped to like random places because we would have a session where we didn't actually do a mission. Mm -hmm. And then so when we boot back up, it would just put us in some random ass place. And we were like, wait, what? And and I kept trying different things to try and game the system or figure out like, oh, let's try and sleep here and maybe I'll, you know, spawn us here. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, (laughs) that super does not work. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and and it, I just kept thinking, like, I know I said it before, but I just kept thinking about Days Gone, where, like, Days Gone has such a good game flow and structure that you end up kind of doing things in a really sensible way, and this game doesn't really. And one thing, too, a lot of people say on the internet is that, like, the side quests are better than the main quest, which is true, but I think it's just because they have a little more variety to them. And like, they make more like the dialogue makes more sense because people are just like, I need medicine. Yeah, yeah. that would actually be more fun. Uh, like having a game like this where you know it's the end of the world in that part of this uh, you know Middle Eastern country. Yeah. So like, maybe just make it a thing that you know you're just kind of trying to like help the people that are still alive. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. Because, man, I would have gotten a whole lot out of it if it was just like, oh, yeah, go to this person and help them do this. Like, 
Because you don't find a cure. <laughs> no. No one finds a cure. They kill all the people that are on the way to a cure. Yeah. Everybody, like, every person who is named dies. Yep. Like, And then you, the, one of the characters you're chasing the whole time, like, you're like you know you're in a fight with them because you killed their brother or something (laughs) you finally find them and then they just like turn into a zombie and you have to i think you break their neck yeah oh my god dude that's another thing i hate about the cutscenes. your character is so clumsy because the gameplay is obviously like you know how you do it and it all looks super funny (laughs) and then in the in the cutscenes, he's somehow like capable of doing like otherworldly combat (laughs) he's john wick he is yeah he can like snap two necks and like bust some dudes up (laughs) yeah but the second you're playing you can't i mean you can't you can't kill a zombie with a machete in in even one hit you're just like oh shoot yeah (laughs) you just keep slashing and they keep beating you up and you're just like damn it dude it's so funny yeah because the whole time you're in control you're mr bean and then a Mm -hmm. cutscene starts and you're suddenly john wick and like it's really frustrating because yeah like there's one where he slows down time and like shoots five guys and we were like why can't we do that and then yeah the ones where he just snaps a zombie's neck it's like why can't i do that yeah yeah. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. What a what a stupid thing. <laughs> what a stupid decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's to like, like to like show you something that you've never like you you will never accomplish in that video game. Very frustrating. Yeah. I do think it's it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that I think the ideal playstyle for this game is breaking it completely. Like yeah. I think the best way to play this game and Cole, you can let me know if you agree or disagree, but I feel like you're going to agree with this would be to so play the first hour because you have to play the first hour um, and then familiarize yourself with the controls and then immediately just go start farming XP until you get the grappling hook mm-hmm. and then just fuck around and basically do as much fucking around in the first map as you want and then you're gonna have to go and do some story missions to open up the second map and from there don't do any more story missions or or quests like yeah only do side quests yeah i think so i mean i think the story missions might level you a bit i'm not sure but it's not i mean we kind of dreaded doing it yeah like every time we'd have to do a story mission it was it was sort of like the one thing you can do because it kind of takes I mean some of them take like an hour yeah some of them are long even for the two of us I mean we're replaying it now with with our other friend and um you know the the we have our characters that are all built up and that's what makes this game so cool is that like when you replay it with your same character and somebody else like it's kind of a it's you have superpowers essentially yeah but that's the other thing too, I guess, why I would recommend is not really bothering with most of the story missions is that like you really only need half of any of the skill trees. After you get to that point, everything else is kind of useless. Yeah. And that's like another weakness in the design that like games like Evil Within and Evil Within 2 and Days Gone all do the skill tree better because like you want everything. So like yeah like i recently did like a replay of evil within 2 and i did it as new game plus so i actually maxed out his entire skill tree and like cool you get cool shit right up until you do that 
like you don't really stop getting cool shit um and that's like a good skill tree in this game it's like once you get all the basic tiers unlocked you're pretty much good yeah i mean there's like some action things you can do like you know little things but the controls aren't that intuitive so like kind of figuring out when you would use that or why you would use it you know it's kind of weird yeah and there's there's a function that is encouraged you use a lot it's called like look back oh yeah and i've never understood why in the world they put that in the game but it's just a it's a situation where you're like running from zombies in the night these really fast uh-huh. zombies and you can look back at them yeah and they, encur- they encourage you use it like they they like give you extra skills that allow you to do that better or you know look back with the thing that kind of fucks with those zombies and you're just like wait why why, why? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well dude that's a whole other thing we haven't even mentioned is that there's like so there's a day night cycle mm-hmm. and there's like a time system and basically at night the zombies become more aggressive and there are these things called night stalkers uh that like are, are hyper aggressive zombies that chase you and they can one hit kill you and all this kind definitely of definitely the scariest thing in the game yeah they're legit scary they are but so like at night you're supposed to have this whole different play style because you basically have to completely avoid combat and be super sneaky and even your map changes so it looks like metal gear solid and you can see like the vision radius cone of like the bad guys so you can sneak yep. by them but like they also change it so that at night when you die, there's no penalty. Like during the day yeah. you lose XP if you die, but at night you don't. So it's another really weird choice where it's like, okay, they want you to play super stealthy and smart at night, but yep. because there's no penalty to dying, you can just be an even bigger dumbass than you are during the day, yeah. which is how we play. It. Yeah. I mean, it, well, they, there's a little like system breaker there too. And that like, you can stand one foot outside of a safe house uh-huh. <laughs> and you can spend the entire night, um, you know, blowing those zombies up. Yeah. And not, you know, like there's no consequence. Yeah. Because there's there's always the the trades don't close in the night, so you can you can just buy more bullets, buy you know buy more bombs, make more bombs, and you can just do that all night, and you can level up so fast doing shit like that. Yeah, it's just insane. Also, the money system, the bartering system, you can trade and sell things. You know, kind of from that first level, pretty much. Yeah, you're basically selling shit right away. I don't think we ever ran into a situation where we didn't have money. No, after once after the first couple hours, we just had way too much money. Right. And then we didn't want to like buy certain things or like, cause you can destroy weapons. So you really just find weapons and, until you just start using guns. Yeah. Like the second you start using guns, it obviously like makes it a little bit quicker play style, but like it's way easier. Yeah. It's to just, to just shoot the thing in the head you yeah, know exactly and then it's over so it's like yeah i guess like a couple more like it gets a little trickier because more zombies come to you but like they they really should tell you that the gun bangs <laughs> yeah like nothing hits harder than the gun well because it doesn't yeah. break. 
Yeah, the the guns don't break. Uh, all the other weapons break, and they have a limited number of fixes on them. So, like, finding a mediocre gun is way more exciting than a great weapon, because a great weapon is eventually going to, like, die, and you can't use it anymore. Whereas, yeah, like, even, even if you love it. It's yeah, just like, gun is forever. So. Gun is so cool. Yeah, gun and grappling hook are forever. I don't understand also why you can't upgrade the grappling hook. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just the sort of thing where, like, I think a lot of games now encourage you to, like, play how you want to play if they're an open world style game. Right. And this game is not really like that, but because it still has that flexibility in it, you can break it to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And it's, but it's so weird, like, like kind of what you're saying, where, like, if you follow the game's lead or you follow the game's advice, you actually end up having a lot less fun. Yeah. Or, I mean, even, even if it's not the game, it's, it's the community around the game. So, like, if you're looking for an answer on something, you know, which we, we, I think we can all admit that sometimes you just got to look something up. Oh, yeah. Um, you're often encouraged to do the boring and, like really really lame way of doing something yeah like they're like you know they encourage you to like stealthfully walk through the thing i hated the most is i was reading about the um you have to go to these compounds with all these real people you know not not middle eastern zombies right um <laughs> but you know, they're, they're like they're 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 like uh goons you know for the for the villain mm-hmm. and they're really easy to kill if you shoot them and they're really hard to kill with the combat feature yeah and online they were like make sure you you start by killing you know kill them with just the combat and then ease into using guns because then they're all going to come at once and it's like well why don't we just shoot them all? <laughs> yeah, it's like we have guns. <laughs> yeah, and it's really fun. That's like the most fun thing ever. Yeah, is the exploding shit and all that. Like you wait, you wait too long to get any of it, so you might as well fucking start using it right away. That's the fun in the game. You know? Guns. Yeah, guns. As much as I I disagree with uh, uh, politically disagree with using firearms, uh, right. I gotta, I gotta say, get your guns going. I love it. Exactly. Bring a gun. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about at all is that there's, um, this game kind of goes where a lot of games don't go. And I could be wrong here a little bit. I don't play a lot of video games, but I, I play a lot of, I've played enough violent video games. Uh-huh. Um, in this game, there is an option kind of halfway through that something happens that is horrifying, honestly. Uh, but it reveals to you that children are in the game and the children, um, some of them are living and it's kind of whatever cute or whatever, but some of them are zombies. Oh yeah. And they have an ability to cry and it, and it when and their cries, um, kind of like rattle you. Yeah. And then the game gives you an option to try and, uh, calm them down. Oh yeah. Or... You could do what I did, which I feel really bad about. But you were you were saying there was like a prompt, and I I think I immediately just shot the child, <laughs> yeah, in the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you you only encounter three kids in the game, like that. Yeah. So there's there's the one where you're like, oh shit, that's a kid, and we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it kind of it ruins your your 
screen because you were closer to him. And then I remember you're like, oh my God, I'm like freaking out right now. And then I just shot him. <laughs> and it just went away. And it was like kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another kid that you're you're doing this mission or you can do these really kind of fun missions where you're just inside of a building that's like a quarantine zone. Yeah. And you clear the area. And we were in one of those... And from, like, the first level, you can hear the kid crying. Yeah. And so that whole level, we were just like, where's that fucking kid? <laughs> yeah. <And then laughs> Let's go murder that him. kid. And exactly, we knew we had to kill him. We are so excited to kill him. <laughs> it feels so good. There is a third kid, too. It's at the, it's the last level. Yeah. Which... It's when you're running through. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to put that kid down. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you are supposed to as well. Yeah, it's... <sighs> It's a funny thing because the game does do those kind of edgy things. Like that is pretty edgy. That's super edgy. Can dude. you think of a game where you kill a kid? Um, Last of Us has kid zombies. You're right. Yep. Uh, Days but Gone. That's, that's a little more like this is just a charred child. Yeah, I guess they're just burned. Yeah, like that. I don't really think so. They're totally charred, right? It's just yeah. like a little like charred kid. Yeah, it's like, he's like they're all like covered in ash and shit. It's fucked yeah, up. It's very fucked up. Nothing looks like that. But you're right. Last of Us does. Yeah, I think these zombie games now they all throw in a kid zombie to be like you're a monster. You know, just to, like, I'm kind of down with more of that though. <laughs> like no, like what movies have done that? No movies did that, right? Well, there's uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, that shit's awesome. By isn't that by Zack Snyder? It is. That's actually. I think that was his directorial debut. Yeah, I think that was the original Snyder cut, which is awesome. Which is clearly awesome. That movie is pretty sick. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I like that movie. I don't think it should have been called Dawn of the Dead. I think it should have been called Ving Rhames Zombie Mall Cop. And I've always maintained that it would have been better I like that yeah 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 i mean it is it is like not a deal you know it's like he did not hit it on the nose <laughs> no, no but it's like a it's a fun dumb action movie you know yeah um, it sounds like it sounds like he really uh, rocked it out with this uh <laughs> this new snyder cut <laughs> well i can't believe that shit man you know so i've been talking i've been talking a big game Mm-hmm. about watching the Snyder Cut. Yeah. But the more I read about it, I actually don't know if I want to. I mean, oh, I man. I do want to, Cole. I want to watch yep. it with you, but yep. also... Well, okay, can we tell them why we've watched Justice League? Should we talk about that for a second? I love that story. It's, yeah. It's a great can story. I, can I kind of, can I preface it? I want you to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll so. tell this story. It's, yeah. I think it's, I think it was probably one of the most, it was, it was the funniest thing I've done to a group of really random people. Yeah. No, but, a, a big time. Yes. But I think, so I hosted an event, uh, during the FIFA world cup mm-hmm. and it was the finals, um, between France and was it Croatia? I can't remember. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. It yeah. do, we don't fucking care. <laughs> um, but France was playing. Uh, it was cool. You know, it was a. It was not a very exciting game because the game was kind of over. But we watched the whole game, and that game starts at. I think it started at eleven a.m. Oh no! Time. It was way earlier than that. Was it? Was it like nine thirty? It was like yeah, like I remember it started. It was like 
early enough that like i had to get up early you you woke up to come to my house yeah but it wasn't yeah. so like because i remember back in the day when we used to watch soccer games like sometimes you would get up at like 5 a.m it yeah. wasn't like that it was like a normal no. time but it was yeah i think like 9 30 is probably when it started yeah it was it was early yeah uh because it i mean where where it was in africa i think right no it was in uh doesn't matter i can't remember it really doesn't matter yeah. yeah it was on it was in another place uh it was in haran it was in haran um, actually Haran games. There are posters yeah. for the Haran games all over the Haran athletic. Yeah, game. and they 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 kind of imply that that was how the the uh, virus made its way in. Yeah, totally. Um, but I invited everyone over, or not everyone. I invited the weirdest mix of people to uh-huh. my house. <laughs> okay, it was basically anyone who had come to my house at 9 30 yeah and, and i made breakfast for everyone it was and, really good uh, yeah it was yeah very fun and we watched the game and then the game was over and it wasn't a very fun game and like n- no one was that into it at all and i wasn't either which yeah. was really cool i thought uh-huh. um and then the game ended and we had been drinking mm-hmm. uh i think we because I, I bought a bunch of french beer which yeah. i thought was hilarious yeah, it was it was hilarious. It was, just, it was kind of a meme uh, boys day, boys brunch because my partner had to work in the morning. Yeah, so definitely meme I, boys I brunch. The, yeah, I had the uh, the house to myself, um, and then after the game finished, I, without asking anyone if it was okay, I went to HBO and I uh, started the movie Justice League. <laughs> Okay, let me let me elaborate on that moment in particular because yes, that please, was that please. was a great moment because yeah, so there's a whole bunch of us hanging out. We've been, you know, we're all kind of tipsy because we have been drinking. Yeah, but no, and at that point there were there were like ten of us there. Yeah, yeah, and we weren't drunk. Like it wasn't like we were no, fucked up, but it was like people were kind of tipsy and we were just having a good time and chatting. And I remember like you were kind of milling around like we should watch a movie. Like you were just saying stuff yeah. like that kind of to yourself. And yep. then I remember like suddenly the TV is like, you're like paging through and I look over and you have this kind of like demonic grin on your face. Yep. And I was like, what is he up to? And then suddenly the fucking justice league, huge shit is splashed all over the TV. And it's like, Oh, justice league is on. Yeah. And what's so cool about that. And I have a bad memory. I really do. Um, just like iconically bad. Uh-huh. I I don't remember uh, anything from that movie. <laughs> actually, I couldn't tell you who was in it. I couldn't tell you what happened. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Honestly, somebody the other day was like, "Yeah, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman in that, right?" And I was like, "No, I don't think there is a Batman in that movie." <laughs> and they were like, "No." like it's all of them yeah and i was like i was like mm, weird okay <laughs> but i watched i went to go see um the ben affleck uh batman vs superman in theaters okay and i was with tim a pal of ours he i think he was really pissed because <laughs> it sucked yeah i think he was and i loved it because i thought it was so it was so fucking boring dude <laughs> yeah all those movies like Wonder Woman 1984 I watched this year. Uh-huh. And I don't keep up on those, but I was just like, we just put it on because it was like, you know, a new movie to see for free. So who cared? 
uh, and everyone went to bed like less than halfway through it in yeah. my house. And so I just watched the rest of it by myself and it was fucking trash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those movies are all horrendous and yeah. they're, they're really shitty, but, and I don't even watch superhero movies. So for me, justice league was the first superhero movie that I had seen in like 12 years or some shit. Yeah. Cause you got shook by uh, iron man. Yeah. Right? Cause iron man is super racist. When did iron man come out? Was that 2008? I would, I think it's earlier. I think it was like 2005. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. I need to know. It was 2008, my dude. Oh, okay. 2008. Okay. So it'd been like... I mean, that was was a shaky time. Yeah. Yeah. So Iron Man comes out in 2008. Were you offended? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is literally propaganda that's pro-Iraq war. And also all the Arabs are not played by Arab people. Like the main bad guy is just like someone, like a Southeast Asian dude pretending to be Arab. Yeah. And like, I don't know. There was so much wrong with that movie. It's also just like, I felt like it was like prosperity gospel where it's like, we like this guy and he's a hero because he's rich, even though he's like a piece of shit. He's and a warmonger. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not like that character is like an arms dealer for whatever, like the highest bidder is the yeah. joke. Like that guy is a warmonger. Yeah. And then, so they set it in the Middle East and they portray the people who are like the victims of what he does as like enemies. Yeah. Which is something, once again, this comes up over and over and over in video games and movies and comic books, any of these hack writers, they always want to just like get away with setting something in an area that's like, uh, that's being like attacked by like imperialists and colonialists and saying, Oh, they're, they're the bad guys or they're terrorists. And it's like, no, if they were already here and you started doing a war on them, it's literally impossible for them to be terrorists. Like, even if they're bad people or they're on the wrong side of whatever, like, right. They are still in a defensive position. Like it's, it's very strange, you know, like, right. And and so it's a trope that that movie used. And, and the fact that my friends who were politically leftist and who had all these ideals supposedly could just watch that movie and be like, yeah, this is so sick. Iron Man rocks. I was just like, I think these movies are fucking evil. And it was also the moment where I was like, I think I'm too old for this shit. I was like, yeah, with God, how old? I, in 2008, I was 20. Yeah. You were young, but I was like at, at the age of 20, I was like, I am too old for this shit. I think you are though. I think, I think that, and a lot of people would disagree, but I think, and I, I'm with you too. Cause I've not seen any of the Iron Man's after. And the only reason I've seen more of these movies is either out of me being a little shithead, you know, just uh-huh. trying to be funny or, um, I've gone to adults birthday parties at movie theaters. <laughs> oh no. And I've I've like and I've like forced myself to be intoxicated. <laughs> like I saw um Captain America. Why are they still making Captain America movies? Aren't we yeah. past Captain America? I think we are. I think also it's embarrassing a little bit to you know, go to a movie theater on your birthday and go see Iron Man or <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> I feel like that's what you do when you don't like your friends. Cause you're like, I want to sit in a room with you, but not talk to you. Yeah. Well, that's some people's deal. And I know he loves the comic book heroes and I know a lot of people do, but I think, I think Captain America is the dumbest 
of the bunch. Yeah. Is there one that it's just like, I guess it's the Punisher, unfortunately. I was going to say, is there one where it's just like a white terrorist that's <laughs> yeah. just like scary? Yeah, it's the Punisher. Did you ever see, did you ever see the first Punisher movie? Uh, no, I've never seen a Punisher movie. Um, okay, so the first Punisher fucking rocks, dude. Okay. It's awesome. He just, uh, it's so stupid. Like, it's obviously really stupid. Uh-huh. But uh, John Travolta is like a, like a, it's like a, you know, crime boss or something yeah and he kills this guy's family and this guy just goes on like a tirade well that's i think these movies can work as comedies because Mm -hmm. they're so stupid like that's the magic of justice league is that justice league the original cut i guess now it's the whedon cut uh is one of the sad was very sad because fuck that dude uh one of the finest comedies ever made like i was laughing my ass off do you remember it yes i mean okay i'm glad to hear that well here's okay here's the thing about just like one of the reasons that it is so funny is because it's completely incoherent yeah there is no plot there's no story nothing makes all the different elements hang together it's literally just like a collection of scenes like it feels like you're watching mad tv you know and like in more in more ways than one if i'm being honest but like yeah it's so fucking funny dude like the first time superman shows up and his upper lip is cgi'd that shit is so fucking funny or the first time that batman shows up and it's really funny because ben affleck looks like he actually wants to die like he's supposed to be this like brooding character but it's like he's doing it too well because i think he actually hated being there um and then like they also really weirdly like digitally retouched everyone especially him so he almost looks like de-aged or something every scene with aquaman is hilarious because it feels like it's unscripted there's so much horrible editing and cg because they basically were trying to like recut the entire movie, but they had already shot enough for one four hour long movie. And man, it's just hilarious. Everything that happens on screen makes no sense. Like the action makes no visual sense. It's all in these weird CGI backgrounds that look like they're from the show reboot, like the nineties kids TV show. Yeah. Um, Man, that movie is fucking funny as hell. But yeah, like if you ask me what the plot was or what it's about, absolutely no fucking idea. Yeah, just insane. I can't believe that people go to see like Aquaman. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> but then I also can't believe like why in the world are people going to see any of the Marvel movies? Yeah, it's 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 garbage. Like cuz there's so many good movies. Yeah, yeah. Good original movies or, you know. I mean, I will say that obviously this year was like not the best for films, but I watched uh, Nomadland. Oh, yeah. Kind of in like I wasn't watching. Emily was watching it and she was like fucking really high. Uh And was just kind of like goofing off or whatever. I don't know. But that movie... Sorry if you like it, anyone, or, you know, if you saw it and you liked it. That movie's fucking terrible. Yeah, I didn't see it. I don't know how, because it's... I don't know how a movie like that uh, gets any, like, positive 
you know, attention. Yeah. It's so fucking, I mean, it's the most exciting point in the movie is like, uh, this guy's like helping this woman unload her van and he breaks a box of plates (laughs) (laughs) and she gets mad at him and it's like, whoa, that was crazy. That was uncomfortable as hell. And it's just like a bunch of awkward, like bummer humans Nomadland should have been a movie about like um, Jucifer or something. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, just like make it like a band that's just like traveling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, God, film talking about movies is so frustrating to me, it honestly, because it's like yeah. it really feels like people's opinions on them are really intense and also really arbitrary like yeah and if you disagree people get so fucking mad like Mm -hmm. dude like the the amount of people who have just like tried to just like beat me down into the dirt because i don't like ari aster and it's like yeah it doesn't matter dude like it it's just a fucking movie i was gonna bring that up because i think that i think uh I mean, we obviously disagree on that, but I think every time we talked about it, I always just say, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's nothing like, else to say, really. What, what am I going to say? Like, we just don't agree. Yeah. It's fine. It's- Especially about something like that, because, like, I can see why you don't enjoy it, you know? Yeah. It's, like, the same reason I don't want to, like, rewatch certain movies that I love. Yeah. Like, uh, did you saw Uncut Gems, right? Oh, yeah. Amazing movie. Yeah, like Emily was trying to rewatch that recently, and I was like, I kind of, I don't think I can see that again right now. That's one of those movies where it's like, I would rewatch it if my stress levels day to day went down to a like a record low. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I could handle rewatching this because that was one of the most stressful movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, are you are you the most anxious you've ever been in your life? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, completely out of control. Like, I need to be medicated levels. Like, I was even, yeah. I think I mentioned that to you the other day where it's like... You did, yeah. I I fully need to be on anxiety medication, but I'm yep. waiting until I get vaccinated. Yeah, the, I get that. Because I'm just like, I'm going to finish, like, this chapter of the... Because this is the reason why I have this, and then I'm going to... But yeah, it's it's out of control. It's, like, debilitating. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's horrifying. Yeah, but I I think yeah I mean, you know as a as a pal I see you all the time, but it is weird. I mean, for reference to anyone listening, if you're still rolling here, yeah, um, oh yeah, you know we still get together, but we uh, we are we are cautious as hell. Yeah, I mean it's it's so weird and like yeah I've never I've never uh, I've never seen you like this, but it's like fine. I mean I know you're fine, but it's just like this weird thing where it's like this time like brought out this like level of anxiety in so many people that I think it's, it's really going to like leave a bunch of folks with trauma. Yeah. Which Real is, trauma. Yeah. Which has honestly been one of the few things that kind of made me feel not worried because yeah. it's like, Oh, everybody is at this point with yeah. it, you know, like, yep everyone who's prone to this stuff. Cause like I used to get panic attacks when I was younger. Yep. And I used to have some like, like, you know, anxiety that was bad, but generally I was not dealing with that every day. 
Right. And then like this whole shit, it's like back to that. And you know, it's good that I mean, I have a more stable like home life and I'm older and more mature so I can deal with it cuz like like when I was like 20 and I would feel this way, it would be literally I would think the world was ending. Like I was completely just like out of my mind, you yeah. know. Um and so it's like, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the fact that it's this larger societal thing that we're all kind of dealing with. So I don't feel like alienated by the fact that I have this like level of anxiety, but it is like, it's horrible. <laughs> like it sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It definitely. And it also like, it's funny how it affects like your choices in media where it's like, Oh, yeah. Certain things that you would have previously been like, hell yeah. You're kind of like, uh, like, I don't, I don't actually know if I want to put myself through that. Yeah. Viewing something just to like, yeah, excel your, to push that limit. Yeah. I think, um, I think that is why that like, like a game like this that we've been talking about, um, kind of was like super welcoming even though it's like the same thing where it's like quarantine focused you know yeah near apocalyptic or like you know it's like total pandemic vibe and it came in 2015 which is so funny but yeah this this game you know uh welcomed change of pace honestly yeah totally it's just so when you get to what's fun about it, it's really stupid. Maybe it is the Justice League of horror games. It might be. Because, like, I had so much fun watching that movie. Yeah, with, like, a bunch of guys yep. just drinking beers and, like, just just ripping it a new one, right? Yeah, just like, this literally is, not, a, a, like, retaining any information. No, and everyone's laughing at it. Nobody thought it was, like nobody was taking it like at its word right like that movie is like it's this serious like superhero epic and we're all just like no this is fucking hilarious this is like billy madison except with batman like this is funny as fuck um to drop another adam sandler reference in the episode because so epic why not very very epic capital e epic stuff adam sandler's kind of been on a kick lately i think he's cool now yeah i mean he's still he's i don't think he's like a trump voter but i think he's like <laughs> he's like he's pretty conservative you think adam sandler's uh, on that side of things i think he is yeah i mean i think we could probably look that up but i've like spent most of my life thinking that he's repulsive i love him i mean i i loved billy madison and yeah i think Did you like uh yeah, did you like uh, uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, Happy Gilmore too. But then after that, he started doing the characters where he's like, whatever that thing is, like just little, mean guy, little Nicky, and Waterboy. Waterboy is really cool, but Little Nicky is the best movie of all time. But like, is is that still okay now? Like the the the, the, oh, the thing I mean, he was. It seems like he's maybe just punching down on people with some cognitive on, uh, disabilities. Depends on, you know, your, your household's, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Depends on it depends on who you're watching with, I guess. I think there's an argument that it's not okay. You know what little Nikki has that is unimpeachable? Uh, what? A great Game Boy game adaptation. Oh, yeah. I had that Dude, game for the Game sick. Boy. Very sick game. But see, that's like the thing is that I feel like my media choices now... Like, I would just sit down and, like, smoke some weed and watch Lil Nicky. I think you should, man. But I wouldn't I'll have done that. I'll watch it with that. you. I'll watch it, you know, yeah. from, from afar with you. Yeah, we'll we'll do a call and watch Lil Nicky. I think that would be really good, actually. You know what I just watched by myself? What? Austin Powers. Uh, oh. Not The Spy Who Shagged Me, International Man of Mystery, the second one. How was that? I mean, it's amazing. And, it, you know, that kind of hits those. He's a little more tasteful. Although he's he's got... He's got some shit going on, too, but whatever. <laughs> There's a scene in that movie where he drinks um, poop. <laughs> what? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, dude, and you will. I feel like that era of comedy was very much like drink diarrhea. Because, you know, there, yeah. there was another... That's awesome. That's, a, that's the coolest thing ever. And that's like... I mean, I was a little kid. You were a very little kid. I loved it, though. Yeah, dude. so that's what I'm saying. Like, that was like... like Okay, so I grew up watching um, James Bond movies, like, religiously. Like Yeah, they were I, really cool. I loved James Bond. And then by the time I was in, like, fifth grade, I want to say, like, those kind of spy parodies started coming out. And I liked those even more because it was sort of like James Bond except somebody drink diarrhea. Exactly. You know? Dude, I was just thinking about um, James Bond, Die Another Day, Diarrhea Another Day. (laughs) Have you seen that movie with Uh, Pierce Brosnan? I I definitely have. Is that the one with Michelle Yeoh or the one with... uh, That is Halle Berry. With Halle Berry, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, and yeah. Uh, there's a scene in that movie where he is, like, driving in this, like, ice car, and he, like, hits the fastest speed ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes over the edge of an iceberg, and he has to, like, surf a tsunami. Yeah. With a piece of metal, and it's, like, the funniest scene in a James Bond movie. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I remember when Goldeneye came out, Goldeneye is like maybe the best James Bond movie. Like nobody wants to cop to that, but like it's basically with that. It's basically peak James Bond because it's done exactly in the style of the '60s movies, but just like slightly updated for the '90s. And and yeah. Pierce Brosnan is actually like really good as James Bond. And like I think he was great. You don't like Daniel Craig though. I haven't seen any of those. I actually haven't watched really? Yeah, I have not watched a single one of those movies. I think those are really cool. Those are, like, pretty funny. It's the blue-collar James Bond. Yeah, people people keep telling me they're good, and I'm not, like, wa- I'm not like protesting them. It's just, no, like, yeah. it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't know when I'm going to watch this, because, like... But, yeah, like, I loved Pierce Brosnan. I love Goldeneye. And then after Goldeneye they just kept making them with him but they had no clear idea for the series so they just get increasingly ridiculous like the last one they made is like really weird um that's just like a really weird movie but he was he was in like three or four bond movies with pierce yeah 
It's not a, okay. The one with Halle Berry, Die Another Day, is actually the last Brosnan Bond movie. But that's they, what I thought. They did Goldeneye, and then they did Tomorrow Never Dies. Is the one with Michelle Yeoh, who's like a very famous Chinese action star, and she's great in that movie. That movie is actually really good. And then The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day are both like just really, really ridiculous. Um, and they're just kind of stupid, but. Yeah, they clearly had no idea what to do with the series, but yeah, like I love Bond movies when I was a kid, and so when the parodies started coming out, I was loving that. And I think my favorite is still Johnny English. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, with Rowan Atkinson, with Mr. Bean, with Mr. Yeah. Bean as yeah, Mr. Bond. Uh, that has a scene where he crawls up a sewer pipe, um, in, and he crawls out of a toilet into like a communal toilet where a bunch of guys are just shitting on him. Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen that for that. That was kind of recent, right? No, I don't think. I mean, I was, I was Johnny definitely English. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was definitely like not a kid when that came 2003. out. Two thousand three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was in high school. I love this year. I love the like kind of tracking through the years. So that was a year after um, Die Another Day. Yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, that's jo- really cool. Johnny English rocks. There's actually a Johnny English two that I've never there seen. Is. Yeah, I've never seen it. Because uh, I only I had the DVD of Johnny English. <laughs> you know somebody's gonna do diarrhea in it, and so you have to watch it. Yeah, you'd hope. <laughs> you have to watch it. You hope somebody gets pooped on. I mean, yeah. That's like poop is edgy though. That is like fucking weird. <laughs> Here's the thing. All they do is like, remember this weird thing? I've jerked off to that. It's yeah. Like, don't don't tell me. Yeah, I never got there. I do I will say that like, you know, you like find your vids on the internet that kind of get you going, but none of my vids involve uh non-pornographic things <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. Dude, this i'm on a star wars meme page now and i really hate it yeah you gotta get out of there okay here's here's a question here's a question to get you out of there has okay. anyone jerked off to dying light do you think i think we might have already clarified that between the two of us <laughs> when we jerked off together um no no, no. uh yes i think we found some like deviant art oh yeah kind of some fan art that was like a little bit sexy well yeah because the villain in the game is basically just the joker and someone drew him real horny yeah oh yeah so people definitely jerk off to this game i mean i think it's it actually really aligns with what we're saying which is just that it's a game where you make your own fun yeah and so somebody really made their own fun with the game Right. I think that's that's the the short answer to the long question there. I have another thing I can read here. Um sad dot dot dot. Anyone else? Like there's no sex scenes in Dying Light. I hope I'm not the only one who would have given Jade a little ride. <laughs> oh no. If they somehow managed to make a DLC where you can spoiler Jade dies, so you can't really fuke her. Spelled F U K E. Oh, nice. But, like, someone else. 
I'm just saying I'm not forgetting the sex scene in Far Cry 3. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh my god. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Video video games are done. <laughs> Canceled. It was a mistake. It's over. Consuming media in the modern age is like playing 4D chess. You're trying to consider so many different angles and positions that it's hard for your brain to even keep up. I think the longer that I consume media and the longer that I do media criticism, the more frustrated with all of it I get. I don't really know what a lot of this means. And I think that's why I left in all the bizarre rambling conversations in this episode and just sort of let it be what it is. Not just because I think it's entertaining, but also because I think there is an inherent meaninglessness to a lot of this. And I think that sometimes you have to have a sense of humor to approach these things. Like, that whole discussion where we talk about all this stuff that for me kind of reminds me of my childhood or middle school. Like, I don't really know what that means. Why did we like all these Adam Sandler characters that seem to be just explicitly making fun of people with cognitive disabilities? Or why did we love all these like old, super misogynistic James Bond movies? I don't know. I don't know what it means that I gave the company that made Dying Light $5 and later learned that they are kind of pieces of shit. I just know that I think this conversation needs to continue because, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I think we need to imagine a better future and keep working towards a better future. And I think that even if there are so many people that are going to push back against you and make you feel like shit, you have to keep trying and you have to keep pushing and you have to keep fighting because we do have choice like we do have choices there are things we can do and there are things we can say or choose not to say that do have a tangible effect on the world i've been struggling with this a lot lately because i feel like with this show specifically that the harder i do try and the more i do try to talk about issues like this uh, while still making something that's entertaining the more pushback I get and the more like weirdly aggressive negative feedback that I get and especially the people who are involved with the show who are like women get or you know the more that these things seem to happen and it's really frustrating and it's it's really disheartening so it's there are days where you're just like fuck this like I don't I don't want to do this but then you also remember that those are the same people that are trying to you know, separate the art from the artist, quote unquote, or try to cover up for people who commit assault because they're a singer that they like, or, you know, the people who don't want people to consider the economic impacts of the way games are made and the way that it, you know, changes people's lives and ruins their lives if they work for an abusive company. And, you know, for a lot of us, the, that reason is because we also are the victims of this abuse and we also have had these horrible experiences and we just want to kind of vomit that back all over everybody else. And it's a really toxic, endless and abusive cycle. I would like to be an advocate for breaking that cycle. And I guess that with episodes like this and discussions like this, I'm kind of just living life out in the open and just being an open book. And 
I don't know. I guess it's like some vulnerability to just saying that, like, I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. I talk about this stuff a lot, and I hope that people don't think I'm sort of presenting it from this, like, holier-than-thou place or whatever. Like, I think we're literally just all having these conversations together and figuring it out together. And I hope that we continue to work on that and work towards figuring out something that's even just a tiny bit more equitable because right now things just seem kind of bleak. I had some sort of weird conceptual thing I was going to do here. You know, the show, the episode's called Skip to the End and it literally opens with me skipping to where we cut off the recording and there was going to be more stuff, but I guess dealing with some shit that I've had to deal with in the last couple weeks and actually listening back to the conversation and thinking about all these things, I I truly don't know. So, if you did skip to the end, I think this is the end. <laughs>